everyone to another episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm Brandon C. McClure. With me, as always, are my best friends in the whole world, Ben Magnet. Ships on vigor of the waves are skimming, barren summons to the burdened plains. Each horizon is a new beginning, oh, rise and rain. Okay, so you definitely read those lyrics on your yeah. phone. Yeah, okay. I, saw, I know, I saw you. Your eyes went like, whoop. Um, sparks witty. I, I feel like I'm missing some context here. That's Sabaton. Oh, okay. Yeah. And is it Ryan. Like, is it like oh. in the credits or? No. Oh, Ben's just being bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and Ryan Eliopoulos or his toy. It's That's John McClane, sir. I'm so it's sorry. also called an action figure, but it's made out of fluff. Hi, everybody. It's podcast time. It, it is. is the casting of pod time. Um, and it's, we're here to talk about. While. We're here to talk about the Northman. We've been off. We were off for a for a week. We had a we had a good break. Uh, these two moved in that time. We were yes. in one house, and now we're not in one house. And Ryan's and, not in the same house, but you'll never know. <laughs> and uh, you guys are still sitting in the same spots on the screen. Yeah. Are we? No, we're yeah. not. No. Yeah. No, we're not. No, no, no. I've I've always been on that side. Ben, help me out here. This this is right. Bro, I know where I lived in my room. I was always no, on the Sparks wall. was always Sparks was always towards the wall, and Ryan was always towards the window. Nope, opposite. Ryan's, Ryan's on the other side. No, Ryan, you're thinking about this because no. you know I'm right. No, I oh now I'm confused. No, I was always on the left. Ah, we can't do this right now. <laughs> it's the mirrored screen, I guess. It's confusing it everybody. It be, yeah, who knows? All right, the mirror. Whatever. Uh, we're here to talk about the Northman. Real quickly, up top, though, we're going to switch things around a bit this week because Sparks, unfortunately, could not get the time to go see the Northman. So we are going to do our main topic last. So we're going to do news, then book club, and then main topic. And that's when Sparks will gracefully bow out. Fly, fly. Yeah, gracefully. Look forward to that. <laughs> we'll, He's going to hit a button. <laughs> we'll miss you. We'll miss you, no less. He's going to um, be like, Ben, you're seeing sucks. Boom. I'm going to hit an alarm. It's going to go like this. Um, the audio audio listeners won't be the wiser yeah okay but (laughs) but that all that said we got plenty of stuff to get through so let's start with some links in the description guys guys before we get into the show please turn your attention to the description because there are links oh Oh, shit there are such as i like that ben is legitimately looking at (laughs) The description. It's, I'm just, <laughs> just oh, oh. No, I appreciate it. I love it. I'm into it. Um, of course, uh, my screen rant work was always linked down there. I only want to highlight two things. One of them which I will highlight here. One of which I will actually highlight in my week. Um, so I did a. I've done a bunch of stuff on screen rant, and one of the ones that I'm particularly pr- two of the ones I'm particularly proud of went up this past two weeks. Um, for example, I did a Moon Knight list, a Moon Knight adjacent list, where I talk about. 10 Marvel characters who are Jewish in the comics. And I use that to kind of talk about how the MCU has erased their Jewishness. Um, Specifically Wanda. Um, That's that's kind of the big one. Um, I did a lot of research for that one. And the reason why I did that is because uh, a little bit of a preamble is I've been, I've been thinking about my own relationship with my, with my own faith for lack of a better word. Um, Not very religious and kind of wondering why that is. You know, so I've kind of reconnected with as religious as I was as a kid. Um, I don't know if you guys follow, you guys 
see that I light a menorah um, on Hanukkah now. I didn't, use, I didn't, I didn't do that for many years. Um, and I wanted to kind of think about what um, the what what kind of what kind of Jew- Jewish influences I had as a kid because media really influenced me as a child and there wasn't really a lot of a lot of um, uh, positive Jewish uh, characters in, in film and television and film and television and and just kind of like looking back on that and seeing how that among other other things um, <laughs> that I won't go into but seeing how that influenced how I engaged with my faith. And that's kind of what I did with that with that article. It's not as deep as that, but that's kind of, that's the that's that's why I did it, and I wanted that context to be there because I think that that uh, for me is important. Nice, sure. Um, I actually had a really lovely conversation with my mother because of it because uh, she was also she was also at a point in her life where she's looking back on and being like, you know, maybe I'm the reason why my children don't, oh, you know, aren't like Jewish, like really, like mm-hmm. like I mean, I'm not. Like I said, we let a menorah when we were kids, but my mom was always like, you know, you got to suppress it because if if someone ever comes to you and says, "Are you Jewish?" you say no, because uh, it was that generational trauma of like the Holocaust. You know, my grandmother lived through that. Not lived through it; she was in America when it happened. But like, you know, that was that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why that's there. And I'll talk about the other list in my week. So um, there's a couple other things that I did that was linked below, such as a review of Pacific Rim Blackout, which is the comic book prequel to Pacific Rim uh, Black, the anime on Netflix, which just ended. Um, I really enjoyed that book. Spoiler alert. Reviews glowing. Um, check that out if you're interested in just here, seeing my first ever comic book review. Nice. Um, and then I did a article on the Babysitter's Club. I just found out that that show was canceled and the showrunner of it talked a lot about how um, these uh, like why that could have been, why such a critically acclaimed and uh, uh, successful show that was doing really good numbers was canceled by Netflix and, and like her conjunction of that. So I kind of put all that into an article and talked about the importance of a show like the babysitters club for young girls. Again, going back to that kind of representation that is often overlooked because as the article states, you know, Young girls often are, you know, we get they get Doc McStuffins and then they're expected to go to Euphoria. There's nothing really in between for them, so that's where the Babysitters Club fit in, and now it's gone. So kind of like talking Netflix, about that. Netflix just uh, asked all those people into dumb and stuff, so it's like they're just digging themselves a bigger grave. Yeah, which we will get into a little later. Yeah, so that's those. Those are the kind of three main things I did this week. I unfortunately uh, did not get a did not get the specific Infinity Saga piece that I wanted to get out. Uh, it ended up being just it's just very long right now, so I'm I'm just finalizing that. That'll be this week for sure. Uh, ben, your Fusion Gaming Magazine. This is going to be the last week that I put the purchase link in the description. That's fine. Um, so, but you're it, it's, it's always going to be there, guys. So check you know, check it out if you want that magazine. That's there. Yep, issue thirty one is my very first official printed article in any medium. So woohoo! Yeah, and then um, you have two episodes from not this week, but the week prior. Yeah, for Super Mario three D World. Yep, uh, Grayson and I, Grayson who's in the chat, BT Dubs. Uh, we took uh, last week off, and we I, we met up and recorded some more stuff today. But yeah, go ahead, check them out. Fun times, fun times are had by all. Death perception and, you, and all that jazz. You finished World Five, right? We did. We did finish yeah. World Five. So you're getting there. We're getting there. And then finally, there are two fake nerds watches in the description from the week prior. 
um, Moon Knight uh, 2 and 3, and Picard uh, 6 and 7. So both of those are linked below. Uh, new episodes for those have been recorded. Uh, Sparks, like I, like I mentioned up top, Sparks has moved and, and uh, a little bit of backlog right now that he will catch up on. So stay tuned. That's the links, guys. That's all the links. Woo! Who wants to go first of their week? I'll do it. It's sure. me. Uh, so I don't have a job right now, which is awesome. Uh, so I'm going to start to do a whole lot more stuff, but I took this week pretty easy because, you know, getting adjusted, moving things in, you know, making sure. Does that look cool? Probably. It's fine. Um, so what did I do this week? I started watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure again. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a podcast on Giant Bomb called Jeff Jeff's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, and it is a, it is a, uh, much like all systems Goku, which is the Dragon Ball Z watch along podcast. They're now doing it for Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. So I hopped on that train. There's also, uh, they have a guest super eye patch wolf from YouTube who makes incredible YouTube videos. So, uh, it's a really fun podcast to do, uh, a podcast every three episodes. Great stuff. So, uh, uh, I'm almost, I'm on episode six. So I'm going to watch that continuing to love that. It, there's just nothing like Jojo. There really is nothing like it. And like, it's clear to see like it's in influences everywhere. Uh, now that I'm like ingrained and in, like, oh man, this is like the weird shit. And like, nobody does it like, like this specific studio. Um, and I'm only at the beginning. So like, I, I haven't even gotten to like the stand stuff where like, they have like, like people hanging up behind them as shadow <laughs> monsters. So I'm excited to get to that shit in like five years or whatever. Um, I started watching, because <clears throat> I saw, I had it on Amazon, uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is a uh, early 2000s uh, comedy. It's a fake documentary show about a canceled television show that never premiered by a guy named Darth Garth Marenghi. And he's like, he's like a, a, a Stephen King. If Stephen King was awful and misogynistic and, and homophobic and all the things you don't want someone to be as, as a writer. Uh, and he made this show called dark place and it was so ahead of its time. It was revolutionary that it got canceled. And then you watch the show that he made and it's horrible, but it's a comedy. It's made horrible on purpose. Yeah. Um, it is so funny. It's a, it's an ER drama, but it's like, it's like ER meets Twin Peaks meets like Adult Swim. Uh, it's the comedy is so extreme and it's so funny, but they take it so seriously because it's like an ER drama. Like if George Clooney was like on an Adult Swim show, um, it's insane. It's <laughs> pretty it's, great. It's really like it's it's like a cult classic, and, and like I get it now. I get now why. Uh, and it's got so many famous British people on it that like you recognize immediately, like Richard Ayoade, uh, Matt Berry. This is like where he got his start, and he is the his character in that TV show might be my favorite character in a television show of, of all time. He's like this snooty actor who takes everything so seriously, but he talks like this all the time. And like, you think it'd get annoying. It never gets annoying. It's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, it was only one season. Uh, so uh, it was also a show that got canceled about a show that got canceled. That's kind of funny. Um, so I'm gonna finish watching that. And I'll get back to you. Um, I played some Elden Ring, Ben. I did a little bit of that. We'll talk about yeah. that when he goes his thing uh, besides that i'm not sh- i i don't remember what else i did because it's probably inconsequential oh i played a little bit of marvel superheroes too i played a few hours I saw of that. that i played I saw a few that. hours of that it's fun i think i'm ready to play lego star wars um <laughs> no offense to those games but it's just like i play those games every now and then and it's good enough and it's like the, the production value there it's really high it's really fun like the marvel stuff is so good like it, the attention to detail with all I, the character stuff is insane re- Real quick, I think just like I've been thinking about it lately and just watching people post videos of of Lego Star Wars specifically, but also Mm -hmm. looking at some of the stuff you were posting from Superheroes 2. And there's like some things that are like, you know, they're they're wholly original to the game, but there are some things where they're clearly calling up the MCU films, like um, the the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 opening 
mm-hmm. with the the creature. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really think that Lego perfected the movie adaptation video game. Yeah, like yeah. like you want to hit all the all the nostalgic beats of like. I saw a movie. I kind of want to play that movie. Lego's pretty much the go-to of adapting that. Like everything yeah. else needs to that that's ever done movie adaptations have pretty much all failed or they needed to be like completely different from the film to work. Yeah. And I think Lego truly captures like do you want to just feel like you're in the movie but also it's Lego. And it's like I think they're really yeah. good at that. Yeah, and it's like a little goofier. Uh and they could still have like dramatic moments, but never it's I don't ever think anything's like super serious, but like they allow it to be taken seriously enough for like you're in the story and like uh it's like a real ass like story. Like it's a fully fledged like they're, original story. Uh they're really the cool. only ones who I would consider made a good Jurassic Park video game. That's fair. Yeah. I, would, I mean yeah. I think that's I think it's yeah. a lot of fun. I've I've played that one and I'm like, this feels like I'm engaging with the films in a way where I'm being interactive with it. And it's a lot of fun. Um same with um nobody talks about it a lot, but the Lego Incredibles game. You oh, wanna feel that. like you're living in the world of the Incredibles? Play Lego Incredibles. That it yeah. feels really good. Uh the only thing, and I bought the DLC on sale. Uh uh, I bought the season pass on sale. I was like half off. If I would have bought that season pass at full price, I probably would be a little bummed out because you buy that Guardians pack for like three or five dollars, and it's just the opening scene, and it's like ten minutes long. Mm-hmm. So like you play that thing and you're done. And then I played the Wakanda one, and it's like okay, you play as Shuri and Black Panther, and so you get these new characters, and it's like a platforming scene for ten minutes, and then you're done. And I'm like, wow, I'm glad I did not pay. If I paid five bucks for this, I'd be a little bad. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure, glad I got it. Sure, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um they there are like again like they don't skimp on like the obscure stuff like they had iron man 2020 and nosferatu who is the lady nosferatu dracula lady and i'm like at least they're really diving in like i had a team of like hawkeye sparky the dog and vivision thanos and iron man 2020 i'm like well this is stupid (laughs) i mean that's 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 very true of like whatever film franchise it is they are very good at just like they love those movies. They pick apart those movies for like anything or whatever the source materials, Marvel yeah. comics or, or whatever they pick apart any way to squeeze in like fun Easter eggs or nods or quirky things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, is... the, the living totem was the last character I unlocked. And I was like, wow, I don't know who this is. I don't know who that is either. That's awesome. Google time. Um, uh, um, it is buggy. I'm surprised that it's like, it, it's really buggy. And I remember I stopped playing it last time because of, I hit a bug and I'd have to restart the thing over. And then I, I posted it on Twitter. Like I just fell through the world all the way through and I kept falling. And I'm like, how long is this oh, going to yeah. fall? And it didn't stop for like three minutes. I'm like, oh shit, I got to restart it. And I had to play like another section 20 minutes over. And I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. But it's it's fun enough and it's cutesy enough where I'll I'll, I'll probably redo it again. Um, yeah. the, the save system, it's definitely, even though it's a modern game, it's definitely like, uh, like, old school checkpoint systems where like you have to play like a whole sure. S level basically almost yeah like, yeah that's i don't i come to, I, sometimes i gotta stop or i want to stop um besides that though having a great time uh i will wait for star wars to be on sale just because i don't need to be spending a lot of money right now but uh right i am excited to play that because like i'm ready for a updated star wars game and besides yeah. and that, all the all the bugs will hopefully be patched by then yeah. Um, I'll go next because Ryan's definitely forgetting a big thing, which is totally fair. It's been two weeks, and it oh. was like the thing we immediately did after the last podcast episode. I've been thinking about but it we watched, for two weeks. <laughs> we watched Evangelion Thrice Upon a Time together. <laughs> yes. Um, immediately after we finished recording, the it last has been two episode. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
uh, and my life was changed forever. Um, that, <laughs> good man, that is some good shit. That is some. That is some really good shit. Um, fourth. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, the final. The final. That's pretty of the, good. The final of the Ava films. Uh, I can see why it's divisive. You got no, I, I, I will. Baby. I, I will. I will watch the Eva films. I'm looking forward to Eva films. I'm just looking back to what Ryan posted on Twitter on how Evangelion and Barbie Girl match like Ooh. perfectly. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a there's such a beautiful thread of songs that Ava goes well with and vice versa and stuff. And I'm like, man, like it, Cruel Angel's thesis is such a bop. It goes well with anything. It is. I'm, it is. I'm not going to dig into that movie at all because look for our 300th episode for that. Yeah. Um, so what else I did with my week? Uh, I watched a little bit more Craig of the Creek. I'm slowly trying to get back into the rhythm of keeping up with some of the Cartoon Network shows I'm, I'm sad that I slipped off of. Um, so I'm doing that. We watched Moon Knight. You can hear us talk about that real soon. Ryan and I also got high one night uh, for 420 and watched Blockers. Oh, that's true. Happy um, 420, everyone. Two weeks ago. Excellent John Cena performance. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, really, really loved it. Um, oh, yeah, I remember Blockers. That's pretty good. Uh, I read the latest chapter of uh dragon ball super it's uh all bardock all the time baby and i'm very pleased right now and that's all i'll really say about that um i went and saw sonic the hedgehog 2 again uh with our Mm -hmm. buddy friend of the podcast forrest because he hadn't seen it and i took a break from the hecticness of this week to go do that with him uh that Mm -hmm. movie rips i'm really glad that i went and saw it again um really good time Still, a lot of movies I want to see, but I'm I'm glad I made it out for that second trip. Um, real quickly, uh, real quickly, Sparks, I want to address Grayson's comment about your camera, um, which is to say, uh, when he when he he's using his phone right now, so when he uh, so when Sparks switches to his notes app to look at what he's done, the camera just goes black for a bit, but we can still hear oh, him. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I only have a couple things. Yeah, let me do it. So, so what I'm going to say is, uh, Ryan did me just a little bit dirty in a oh, no. and, um, and he shared a clip of a thing called the anti Donna podcast. Oh yeah. He ruined me yes. because <laughs> I didn't know there was one that's 300 episodes deep. And I've listened to a lot of anti Donna this past week <laughs> is what I'm saying. And boy, because I went back to the beginning and it's wild because they basically sit down and start recording three episodes at a time and just don't have structure or know what they want to do and just have to they just make themselves yes and each other and they constantly (laughs) break and they constantly just are stumbling around and figuring it out in the most one of the most recent episodes i listened to um they had a guest on and she told this whole story about how she made her dad uncomfortable uh to get back at him for joking about her being queer um in a fun way uh by asking him if he still liked anal and so then uh later in the podcast and totally tangentially without any lead up she decided to call her dad on speakerphone and ask him which led to everybody on the anti donna podcast calling their dads and asking them how they felt about (laughs) anal on speaker so that's what you're in for no episode is the same it's all just random insanity can i can i can i ask real quickly ben have you seen the anti-donna show on netflix nope you gotta you gotta australian's <laughs> finest comedians um i i was pretty caught up on most of my podcasts so i decided to dive on that pretty hard and then one other that i've been meaning to like pick up and go through again and i found my opportunity because 
a lot of what I was doing this week was packing and moving things. And I just needed something on in the background that I wasn't actually totally paying attention to. And one of the things I decided for that to be was Star Wars, The Clone Wars, so that I could listen to a more civilized age podcast as they talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a great podcast. I'm happy to go back to it. I'd, I'd listen to the first uh, eight, I think, episodes just before they get to Revenge of the Sith. Um, I love it. So happy. Uh, they have such wonderful discussions about Clone Wars, and I'm I'm thrilled to be like thinking about it as I'm as I'm like background experiencing it. I I kind of don't even need to watch it because they cover everything so thoroughly. Um, but it's nice to refresh myself just a little bit while I was cleaning and uh, fixing things up, and uh, I, I just like the concepts of of what was at play at Clone Wars is just so wonderful to me. And some of the things they talk about, of things that did happen and things that didn't happen for the characters is so cool. There is one other thing I filled my time with in the background um, during this period of time, and it was the Pirates of the Caribbean original trilogy, um, which was uh, uh, Black Pearl and Dead Man's Chest at World's End. And I will admit that this is the first time since theaters I think I've enjoyed World's End this much. Um, yeah, yeah I, I have a pretty clear idea of what doesn't work for me about that movie. And it's yeah. pretty, I think it's five very specific things. And I do think they're problems and I think they're big problems. Um, but I think I've moved far away from enough from what I expected that movie to be not being a thing that hurts me enjoying that movie now. Yeah. Now it's just, there are some problems I have with just choices they made with certain things in that movie. Um, you know what, Spark? But... I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's it's not it's not garbage. It's just uh, it, I, it was nice to have shed my expectations away and and actually yeah. enjoy it. Um, yeah, I I still think that there's deep flaws, but certainly nowhere near as much as like the, the last Pirates film. So, uh, boy, when you look at the last Pirates film, if you compare three to five. Three's a masterpiece. I'd say it's not even it's not even close. It's I, I remain league. I remain very staunch in about um I think the entire like Calypso come about is mishandled. And I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest like Achilles heel to me of of at World's End is just the the reveal of Calypso, the release of Calypso, what that means, how it affects other characters, just doesn't work mm-hmm. to sure. me. I I think one and two. I like two's my favorite. Uh, I think two's one my is favorite. I, two's I think my favorite too. Two's insane. I think so, one. Is, so I, I think one is the, the best movie, like actual movie movie. But two is I just agree. like so good. Here's the thing. I would say that Pirates Two is my is I think the best Pirates film of the Pirates films, if it did not require yes. World's End to finish its story. But because it's not a self-contained story on its own. I have to say that the first one's the best. Cliffhanger, baby. Uh-huh. Once one will always be my favorite. That just hit all. That just hit it's all the very, right notes for me. Honestly, it's, it's very Oscar-nominated that... movie, man. Yeah, it's... I remember going into that movie thinking, "There's no way this is going to be a good movie. This is a movie right. based off a Disneyland ride. This movie's going to suck." My entire sure. family goes into it. My entire family walks out of it thinking, "We gotta go Disneyland ride Pirates of the Caribbean because that was freaking awesome." And you then be disappointed yeah. because it's not as good. Yeah, you know who got done dirty by Hollywood. Gore Verbinski. That dude has made nothing but mostly good movies. And then uh, just the like... Whole time, he, the whole time I was watching, I'm like, where's his Marvel movie? I want yeah. his Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah same. That's a good point. That dude... Man, give, him, give him Nova. Give him oh. anything. That mm. dude's so talented. Like, he made Rango, and Rango, I think, is one of the best animated movies ever made. 
And yeah. no one ever talks Rango. about Rango. Ever. The movie's Rango yeah. was really good. The snake with the Gatling I... gun for the rattler. That was really oh, cool. Oh, yeah. 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 Love, love the snake with the Gatling gun. I forgot. <laughs> Here's the thing Rango is incredible. <laughs> I cannot watch it because that snake looks too photoreal. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But he's got a which, cute hat on. Which is like, you know, that's the point. Like, they made a photorealistic, uh, stylized, animated movie. They succeeded in that, and it's great. Who's the voice? Brandon. Is Bill Nye the voice of yes. the snake? Oh. Yes. Uh, Brandon, I'll, I'll make it one of my editing projects for my life to make some more cartoonish version of the snake <laughs> so that you can actually watch that movie. I'll replace it with some kind of basic puppet. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, because we've all said our favorite parts of the Caribbean. I feel the need to just reiterate that mine is the third one. My favorite mm-hmm. is the third. That, that yeah. final ship battle scene is amazing. Sure. That, Absolutely. that movie, that movie is just bonkers. And I and I dig it. And I dig it. And Dude. I will I might not I think it's I would rather it be over the top and big and bloated than not, because that's like what a big blockbuster should be. Yeah, and like at least it goes for it, and I don't like all of it. But like, man, I'd rather be that than like not even try. <laughs> yeah. It tries so it tries too much, and I respect it. I would say respect that part, man. It's yeah. It's Sorry, right? I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at Grayson's comment, which oh, is uh, put googly eyes on the snake to help. Somehow that feels Ooh. like it would be more scary. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I I have to say, like, I think one of the I I don't want to this is not a pirates discussion, but like, I I don't uh, I think one of the biggest things that uh, besides Calypso that that I realized and I didn't realize it was as big a thing to me until this viewing where I was like, oh, I really hate this part is I don't like the way Norrington's taken out of the film. Mm, Yeah, sure. I think it's I think it's a disservice to the character and like I don't remember to build up to him. Uh, he just gets stabbed by Will's dad because he helps Elizabeth escape the That's flying right. Dutchman. Yeah, and like it's it's kind of a it's it's it feels very nothing for the character, especially because like nobody acknowledges it after it's happened. Like they didn't know. What uh, to like do with outside him. outside of Elizabeth having watched it happen and being upset about it in the moment, nobody ever talks about Norrington again. The most oh. interesting thing they did with Norrington is that second movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. And I think that's the thing is like, he's one of the most compelling characters at the end of that movie. And then the third one does nothing with him. Agreed. 100% agreed. The water wheel fight. The water wheel fight is so good. I know. We're just regurgitating amazing things from Pirates of the Caribbean films, but that water wheel fight was so goddamn good. Not not only that, but like, they forced the really gross him forcing a kiss on Elizabeth before he sends her off the ship. Uh, because he knows he's going to sacrifice himself, so he's like, "I'll get in my one lip lock of the lady who never really liked me, but I always like sexually fantasized about her." So here we go. This and is I'm the like, moment. Oh, that really sucks. That just really sucks. Everything about what they did with the character in the end sucks. I agree. But I'm a hero. Anything else, Sparks? No, that's it. I'm done. All right, Ben. When you want to go? Oh yeah, I'll go. Um, so, um, I can't. I mean, it's been a while, so the last few weeks, what I've been doing, the one game I did start playing that isn't Elden Ring or anything else is actually my copy of Advance Wars for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I started uh, playing that. I mean, we know the remake is coming. I mean, Nintendo hasn't made any new news on when the remake will get released. I thought you meant the remake, sorry. No, 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 no. That's still not out. Yeah. Yeah, that's still not out because, of of course, the war in Ukraine. And I started playing it, and... It's a it's a really fun tactics game. I'm really it's Advance Wars. I uh, it's just Fire Emblem but with different units with different tanks and 
or with with tanks and helicopters and planes and all that stuff but it's fun i'm enjoying it i have the sequel too so if i beat the first one and then i have the sequel before the remake gets out then sweet i'm good to go so i've been playing that um this week or the week prior was rough i was struggling a lot with writing and just a lot of other things and this week i took a bit of a break but i was also stressed because we were also celebrating fanny's birthday was this past week but ben you're celebrating your girlfriend's birthday why are you stressed it's like because we had some things some things planned but luckily we made the best of it and it was still fun and then i finally decided to say you know what enough is enough and i have my first ever therapy appointment on uh friday nice proud of you genuinely yeah um i mean it's probably not my first therapy but that i don't know if that's i don't know the difference between therapy and family counseling if that there if there is a difference there probably is has to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm rambling right now. Well, there's the fa- there's a family involved in the first one. Yeah, there was a there's a family involved in the first one. So this time it's just um uh it's good. You've been you've been struggling a lot lately uh with just life and your job and and yeah. I'm happy you you did this. I'm really proud and of you. The thing that the one of the things that really triggered it was getting the the positions for Fusion, Go Nintendo and the and the news that I'm working for OSG or writing for OSG even though lo- you would think that with Go Nintendo, Fusion, and OSG, because a lot of them are very, um, they're very laid back. They're very chill. They're not super deadline heavy. They're not like, you have to make this or else. And But I keep imposing that rule on myself. It's like, I need to get this done or else. Because because I'm very, it's weird. I'm very get homework done first, then you can play. Like when I oh, was a kid, yeah. I would get home from, <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, even back when I was in college, I got home, well, maybe not so much in college, but I got home. I got my homework done and then I was able to play with my friends or play video games or do whatever I wanted. So, yeah, me too. I'm definitely the type who was doing homework like 30 minutes before class. 100%. And guess what? I still passed. It doesn't matter because I'm here now. I mean, I did that once when I was in middle school and then I got in the absolute worst trouble I've ever gotten in my entire life, which is probably one of the reasons why I might be uh, tr- maybe some of my traumas. Who knows? Maybe. So, yeah. Um, Getting real for a hot second. I have my I have a therapy appointment set for Friday, and hopefully this could be the start of me feeling better and getting better because I have been feeling like absolute hot garbage. And there have been some very not not dark. When I say dark days, I mean like um like up here, not like to the mass extreme. But there have been some days where my mind decides to mess with me, and it's not fun. And I've been experiencing that more and more um the past few years than I have in my entire life. So. I'm finally uh, saying enough is enough, and I'm finally gonna do something about it. I, Good for you, bud. I want to just tell you, you know, I know what I have to say doesn't mean anything, but like, you know, no, it does. Go easier on yourself with those deadlines. You know, the the the, the, the these freelance jobs are not more important than your health. Yeah, it's very very true. Yeah, I mean, I took a I took a bit of a break, half about half of last week, and then this week I took I didn't do any uh, writing whatsoever. Um, I just want to go one step further on what Brandon said and say, no job is worth more than your health. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, but I, I wanted to I wanted to specify that the freelance ones, like these are the ones that you set you set the you set this time for yourself. You put this this is your time that you have decided to put into the this passion of yours mm-hmm. you don't want to burn that out which means you got to put yourself first right. Mm-hmm. right which is why i'm happy to say that after this nice little break 
I have ideas and I'm, I have the urge to work again. So I'm going to try and do, make a little bit better work schedule instead of staying up to like five o'clock in the morning. Or also maybe get a different work schedule. Yeah, that too. Cause like getting home at midnight, one in the morning, Ben is also a lot of it. As someone Mm -hmm. who used to work nights all the time too. Guess what? My not the best still, but I'm significantly better that I don't get home at midnight every night. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I I hope you, We've been on this a long time, but like yeah, I, yeah. I'm happy that this is happening, and I hope you you, yeah. you can it can lead to significant change in your yeah, life. That, outside cat. outside the horrible state that is my my uh, mental facilities, um, I was a guest on a podcast this week. Um, I was um apparently their very first reoccurring guest on the Lack of Genius podcast. You guys might remember I was on the show a while ago, where I quizzed the hosts Kevin and John on retro video games. Well, oh, this man. time. <clears throat> I quiz them on Super Mario Bros, the video game series. Let's go. Yeah, so that one should be coming out next Thursday or this upcoming Thursday. Right, but cool. what? But once it does come out, of course, I'll let you. I'll let everyone know. Be like, hey, go ahead, listen to this awesome episode. They're really cool guys. I really enjoy did, listening to their show, and it's it's a fun time. Uh, did they agree that Mario is saying Mexico, not Let's Go? You know what? <laughs> I never brought that up when I was. Genuinely, I'm surprised. I did not bring that up, and um, that's now... that's a that's a top tier Ben anecdote. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that didn't come up. <laughs> nope, never did. Charles Martinet came up, but never that. <laughs> Anything else, Ben? Um, let's see. A thing called Elden Ring. The game that keeps on giving. Yep, the game that keeps on giving. And Ryan, I'm happy to report that I have brought another into the fold of Elden Ring. He's chilling in the chat right now, too. He knows who he is. Yeah, it's totally Grayson. Yeah, Yeah, Grayson! Get that grace, get that tarnished ring! Little sizzle for uh, his YouTube channel, but we may or may not have done some Elden Ring earlier today. And Hell yeah. Yeah, it just makes me happy. Just makes me happy to bring someone else into the fold of Elden Ring. And Ryan, you and I murdered a giant snake this weekend. My favorite, my favorite boss in the game. Absolutely. That was it's, also it's really the, cool boss. where you get. Uh, I've been using the sword, the blasphemous blade, which mm-hmm. is a giant great sword covered in like the the guts and goo of dead like people that this guy has killed. And it's like it's like moves. It's like a mm-hmm. sword that is like gooey moving. Uh, I've used yeah. that sword for like fifty hours, and now Ben can get it. It's amazing. Yeah, I actually got it. I actually got it from the the finger from the finger reader crown in the round table hold. And guys, Elden Ring, like like Ryan said, it's the game that just keeps on giving. When I was talking about it with Grayson earlier today, I was like, dude, this game came out in February, and already it's everyone's game of the year, a majority of people's game of the year. People are still playing it. Like it, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's we don't usually get single player. It's, it has multiplayer components, but a single player game where people are still playing it months later. It's because yeah. there's a not just so much to do there are hundreds of ways to do it like yeah. the amount of like speed runs i've watched the amount of like oh we're gonna do a a butt slam only run a shield only run a torch only run can i play the entire game without hitting anyone can i play the entire game without being a pacifist and you can you don't have to hit a single person at the game you can let your summons kill the everybody in the entire game that's mm-hmm. just it takes like twice as long obviously yeah but it's like it, it, that's why like i'm gonna start doing like I'm going to make a storm character, Aurora Monroe, and be a lightning dagger lady uh, for for a stream I'm going to do. And I'm like, just you could do so much stuff. I've seen Shrek. I've seen Mm -hmm. Voldemort. I've seen every Harry Potter character because you could do magic shit. Sonic. I've seen Sonic with the rolls. I've seen Blanca do the same thing. (laughs) 
It's great. Um, yeah. And I'm just also glad that Grayson's playing. So now I can help him do essentially what you did with me, Ryan. I was like, hey, let's go explore Limgrave. Let's go over here. Let's take care of this dungeon. So not only can I help him out, but also I can also <laughs> farm for root arcs because I need a lot of those. Hey, man, it, everybody benefits. It's all right. Yeah, but it's just, it was so fun looking at, like, when we first got the map to Limgrave, which is the first main area of the game, just, like, when he opens it up and just see a completely barren Limgrave with, like, mm -hmm. what, three or four graces there, and I'm just sitting there going, I know everything that's, like, I know 90% of everything that's to the east and to the north, so it's like, ooh, ooh, I it, cannot it's, wait. It, I've one of my my weird like I don't, I don't I'm not gonna call it a kink but like I don't know how to describe it like one of my favorite things is maps revealing themselves or turning colors like in like any war movie it's like oh like the Europeans did this blah 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 and like it turns from like red to green on a map that makes me get like uh, so horny and I don't know why I just <laughs> love revealing things. And Elden Ring has the well, greatest well, map that's revealing. A, that's a kink. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like I love like. Like in Elden Ring, you have an entire map to explore, and then there's also a subterranean underneath, like so much, right? And the first time you you notice it, I was like, "Oh yeah, baby, yes, I love it. I love the fetish. It's a fetish. Yeah, yeah. I would agree that that's probably a fetish, but man, it, I mean, if we, yeah, I'll probably be playing some tonight, just because I got that bug. Indiana Jones transitions to the to the map, right? Goes, oh no, really? Like, like with I think that might be the origin because I love when people travel on on maps, like yeah. globes and stuff too. And I'm like, go from here to here. Love it. I love it. I agree. I love yeah, maps. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I know oh. what we're getting you for Christmas. It's just a big ass map. <laughs> yeah, Grayson's. In it's the gotta chat be like a scratch off. Like you, you do achievements oh, in your real sure. life and you scratch. Oh off my god, if that's real, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those tattoos that people get out of the world where they, they color in a play, a country they visit. Mm, oh, that's a sure. lot of ink. That's a lot of ink. That is a lot of ink. Anything else, Ben? Nope, that's my week. Elder. All right. My turn. And I'm I'll, I'm sorry, this might go a little long. Battlestar Galactica The Plan, which is the movie, the TV movie that they did after the TV series, is not a good note to go out on on that show. Um, do not watch that show last. Do not watch that movie last. Um, if they you can kept, find a place to do it, do it there. They kept putting stuff out after that show, and maybe if I go back to it, some of it will be good. But like those first couple things, I'm just like, I don't, I want a part of this. I, I think like genuinely the Blood and Chrome web miniseries that's a prequel is pretty good. Is that the most recent thing? I think so. Okay. And then, because they did The Plan, then they did Caprica, and then they did Blood and Chrome. I didn't like Caprica either. Caprica sucks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, so Battles of Galactica The Plan is, is, set is set just before the attack on the 12 colonies and goes to a, a point in Season 2. And we see, like, it's the Cylon perspective. Because what they realized was, what was the Cylon plan? Uh, and so they decided to make a movie to try to explain it. But the thing is, Ron Moore even admitted he never had a plan. The Cylons didn't have a plan. It was just kill all the humans. Mm -hmm. So every single time it was like, and they have a plan. No, they don't. And so trying to kind of make a movie to make that make sense and make the Cylon motivation just not seem like, no, nah, we're just going to try and kill you in interesting ways. It didn't quite work. Also, they use a lot of new. They use a lot of old repurposed footage, and I I wish they just filmed the new stuff. Honestly, sure, sure. Um, okay. 
Uh, I'll, I'll do. I watched the Batman while I was home with my dad. I want to bring that up because that movie's great. One and two, it's three hours long, and I had realized that like oh, I got a couple hours before I have to go to bed, and my dad's getting ready to go to bed, so he goes to do his thing. Uh, mind you, people watching, my dad is eighty nine years old, and he is on oxygen. And he cannot get around very well. So. About 30 minutes into the movie, he comes back into the living room and sits down because, you know, that's just his routine. And then two and a half hours later, he gets up because the movie's over. <laughs> he really liked it, but he was like, it's pretty long. I go, yeah, it probably feels a lot longer to you, honestly. <laughs> it's a long one. Yeah. Uh, I was just really happy that he liked it. Mm-hmm. Because in that, in that same weekend, my dad, who loves Dune, asked me, when is the new Dune movie coming out? Next year. And I said... And I said next year, and he said, "No, oh, I might miss that one." And I was like, "I really wish you didn't say that." <laughs> At least he's got a sense of humor. I don't want that to be a sense of humor. <laughs> but, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel you, bud. Yeah, um, I went up to see my dad this weekend, and it was a little hard because he's he's not doing well. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, and I watched Sherlock Holmes A Game of Shadows, which is the second Sherlock Holmes movie. I love that movie. I think the movie rules. Um, that's all I need to say about that. Except for Jared Harris is wonderful. Jared Harris is great as Moriarty. And the fact that we didn't get a Jared Harris as bad guys in like multiple movies is a shame because he's so good at, as it. Still think he should have been Dumbledore. We all no, boy, no, have, I got, have I got a video game adaptation for you? Lost in Space? Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2. He is right. He's the guy in the wheelchair. You didn't know. You didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's great in that. Oh, yeah. the movie. I was go- I was thinking the, the game. Movie. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, Wrong. he's the he's the guy who made the T virus. I remember. He's, he's it's all coming back now. to me now. I remember that now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I watched Mandy for the first time. I had initially thought that we were going to uh, review Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm-hmm. We did not. Uh, spoiler alert for later in the show. So I just I was like, I should watch some of the recent Nick Cage movies that people loved. So I just had to watch Start With Mandy. Which is a movie I half liked. It's a mm. bit too weird for me in the beginning. Mm. But the second uh, the second half, I think is pretty great. There's a lot of really did awesome you, action. Did you hear that, everyone? Brandon doesn't like art. Um, I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. I'm going to hang totally myself under- now. It is no, weird. Totally, no, it's it's a weird one. If you thought I totally that was weird, understand where Mandy doesn't vibe for people. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch the other movie he made, Beyond the Black Rainbow, because it's way worse. I sure. mean, it's, it's a good oh, movie, yeah. but it's like it's way weirder. Oh yeah. I, I really dug the last the last act uh, the last half. I think I think there's a lot of like Chainsaw Nick Cage thing. just being really crazy is just always fun to to watch. Like, um, <laughs> you ripped my shirt. <laughs> like it's a great line. The chainsaw I, sword fight. It's good stuff. I don't want to. I don't want to like harp into Mandy or anything. I think the harp. scene after everything's gone to shit and he's in and the he, bathroom and he breaks down is one of his best scenes in oh, his yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the 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 just the just that is the reaction after what you just went through, and then you get the Cheddar Goblin just walking. <laughs> <laughs> cheddar Goblin's pretty great, actually. <laughs> Big commercial. Do you know right. who wrote that? Just that commercial. Do you know no. who wrote just that commercial? Dan Harmon. No kidding. Yes, I did think it sounded a little Community. In season six of Community, there's 
No, season five of Community. There's the uh, rip. There's the like the Spanish ripoff of Gremlins mm. uh, that it reminded me very heavily of. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, then I watched 1883, the first five episodes of the Yellowstone prequel series. Um, 1883 with Sam Elliott. Um, super random, I know, but I'm bringing it up because it's pretty good. Um, where where are we? Have you, seen, <laughs> right? have you watched Yellowstone yet? No. <laughs> but here's why I did this. Again, I went to see my dad. No, I he loved it. He loves Yellowstone and he really wanted to watch 1883 and only I know how to work their TV. So I was like, okay, yeah, we'll watch it. I figured I'd just kind of half watch, but I got really into it. It's pretty good. Uh, It's a, it's a Western show. I have no idea what it has to do with anything related to Yellowstone, the park, not the show. I haven't seen the show. I can't say, I can't say that, Um, but because it takes place in a different state. Anyway, it's a good show. I like it. Sam Elliott's great. Um, Okay. Now I'll get to the, some of the juicy stuff. I watched Ambulance, Michael Bay's Ambulance. Ooh. Oh, I want to see it. Um, Michael Bay really likes cops. Yep. He's he's really and the, into and like, the military. Yeah. Have you he's, seen Transformers? <laughs> yes, he is really into being like cops are great. Cops yeah. are wonderful. Outside of that, movie's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast was really hamming it up. Um, the guy who plays the Terminator in Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, Sparks. That's a reference for you. He's in a lot of what? other stuff, but he's like, yeah, yeah. With dad, which one? one? The 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 second one, the one the 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 fake skin, the one they, the one that the, they fix. He's in the gifted. He's in the gifted. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. The dad from Raising Hope, yeah. Raising Hope. Oh, yes. God, yeah, I just yeah. I just talked about this actor's name with John Radley recently. I, on the I'll figure it out. I got you. No, uh, I, I got you. Okay. There's a bit where he's got like this big dog that's just constantly in the fight. It's really funny. Um, the believe of the hype about the drone shots. I, I know Brian, you probably saw some of like the the drone shot footage. Garrett, it's incredible. Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. He's he's fantastic every time I've ever seen him. What are you gonna say, Ryan? Man, I was gonna say yeah. Like the, the camera work in the movie, uh, uh, it's really it's really impressive. I haven't seen yeah. the movie. I re- I'm probably. I'll probably go this week now because I forgot. I forgot there's so many movies out, but I also want to see the Dick Cage movie. Ah, darn it! There's <laughs> so many movies. Oh. Jake Gyllenhaal's great. He's he's really fun in this movie. He's really fun in this movie. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. I liked it a lot. <clears throat> awesome. Um, then I read. You know what? I'll do this. No, I'll do the comics first. Okay, I did Moon Knight. I finished reading all of Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Milley's Moon Knight. Um, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo is handled very poorly, mm-hmm. um, but I really, I really like what they do with Mark. Um, I think kind of like him trying to figure out how other heroes have their abilities, kind of trying to mimic them, is good stuff. I mean, I was into it. And the art is is so good. Even if you don't mm-hmm. like the book, like Malieve's art is so good. Malieve's art is worth the price mm-hmm. alone. Um, Malieve is is a great artist. And then the a trailer dropped this week that uh for for a thor movie and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the impossible because it probably won't happen but i'll do my best i'm gonna read all of jason aaron's thor i already read uh the first i think 20 issues um and so like just going back to like uh what so basically what i did this week was i read the first five issues of thor god of the, not the first the last five issues of gore the god of thunder thor the god of thunder um which is uh, Thor versus Roxxon, 
in the present and Thor versus Galactus in the future. Yeah, that's the book. Um, so I really, so I really love that. I thought that was awesome. Uh, the stuff with Roxxon and Dar- Dario Agar. Yeah. Um, Dario, your mic's still muted, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, you're muted. <laughs> ah, silly me. Uh, I still wish it was Dario Agar, but like Gore's also really, really dope as hell. Yeah, uh, Dario Agar, um, like actively trying to destroy the planet through Roxxon is such good stuff. And Thor, Thor having to wrestle with the fact that he loves this planet, but he can't do anything about it. And juxtaposing that with the future of Earth as a wasteland and King Thor is still trying to protect it, even when Galactus shows up. It's like, it's barren wasteland. I've been trying to kill this barren wasteland for generations. Like, I'm doing this guy. You're not going to stop me. All that, yeah, like past, present, future Thor stuff is so good. And what's really great is, like, at the end of the saga, 10 years later, uh, he releases the King Thor miniseries that, like, caps everything. That is a mm-hmm. continuation of the story plus that. So it's like, it's like Jason Aaron's magnum opus. Like, it's, I think it's the best yeah. thing he's, he's ever done. I really like it so far. Um, I the fifth volume of the complete collections, which is how I'm co- I'm collecting it, is not out yet, but I have the first four. Um, the other thing is, it goes to the, yes, Ben. Uh, okay, well, look, if you'll wait, I'll just pick up my copy and I'll show that too. Uh, You're, <laughs> I'm kidding, Ben. Um, the uh, the 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 where I went to, I I decided like, okay, well, now I'm at the part where original sin happens, so I should go read original sin. And then I was like, but if I do that, I want to read Original Sin, uh, the Tenth Realm, which is the crossover, which is the Thor Loki crossover one for that. And so, so I decided to re- also read Loki, Agent of Asgard by Al Ewing. It's a good book, um, which I really enjoy. It's very fun. <clears throat> Al, it's basically like a heist. It's a heist book with with Loki uh, dealing with the fact that he is going to turn into the god of evil someday. Um, really good stuff. Uh, Al Ewing is great as always. Um, and so that's what I, so I read the first five issues of that, which led into original sin. So now I'm at original sin. And I just started reading that just like one issue in. So it's not even worth mentioning. Um, so yeah, that's all, that's all the comic books I read. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it so much. I might get it done by July. You got time. Read 10 years worth of comics by July. It's, it's less than you'd think. Sure. 12 yeah. issues a year. Yeah um yeah i really like it and i can't wait to read uh, mighty thor which is where i'm gonna go after original sin anyway i went down a tsunami rabbit hole because of a link that i'm going to talk about right now which is the so the other article that i was really proud of that i put up this week was a tsunami article i was really surprised they let me do it i was i basically ranked all the events that tsunami have done all 10 of them um in uh, by, by like IMDb and basically like I did a ton of research. I watched all the events, all the old ones and all the new ones. Uh, so if you guys don't remember, uh, I'm sure you do. Uh, Tsunami back in our day did an event called the intruder where a giant red glob ate Tom and then a new Tom was born. Mm-hmm. They kept doing those. <laughs> um, they did three, they did three before they were canceled and then they've done five. Uh, well, hold on. What's 10 minus three, seven. And they've done seven since. Mm. Um, so when, whenever, when they came back, they, they brought him back and they started doing more and intru- they introduced like, okay guys, tsunami is wild. So I'm going to talk a little bit about tsunami because those events are great. The effect, the, 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 the lore that they have always had implemented in them is wild. The most recent event was called the return, 
where the absolution, which has been destroyed, which is his ship from the first time, which has been destroyed for years, comes back, but somehow it's from 250 years in the future, and we don't know why. There's an, the event before that finds Tom's manufacturing plant, where he is from, and he liberates a bunch of other Toms, mm-hmm. and then they go off into space to, to explore and be great, and he's stuck on this on this on this uh, on this thing. The there's one event when they first came back where the intruder, the blob, comes back and he's wearing the first Tom's body and it's all decayed and horrific. And he's like, I'm going to kill all the Toms. And what I did was I killed Tom four. And I was like, what the hell's Tom four? So I looked that up. Tom four was the, was the Tom that got the show canceled because nobody likes that Tom. Mm. So they've retconned it. So that is not the same Tom. So Tom, so it's Tom one, two, and three, same Tom. Mm -hmm. And then Tom four, not the same Tom. Mm. So that Tom is now dead, even though they canonically were like, yeah, that's not, that's a different Tom. Okay. I got to watch the anime to get, to, to catch up. <laughs> it's really crazy that I, I went through so much lore. They also did a tribute to, to Maltar, who was the first Toonami host before they introduced Tom. Um, Maltar? They, Maltar, yeah. From Space Coast. Um, yeah, Maltar, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a Red Jackal dude, right? Yeah. No, he no, no he's Brad. the guy. That's Brad. He's the guy. Yeah, oh. he's the guy in the he's atomic the suit. Oh, oh no, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. He's Moltar's, the guy. The... Moltar's the atomic suit. Yeah, yeah. He's usually he... operating the camera on space coast, coast to coast. Yeah, he had. He was Toonami when it first started for like two years, and then they introduced Tom. When his voice actor died, Toonami did a tribute where like uh, Moltar sent him a um uh, a voice recording, being like, "I was always the best Toonami host. Screw you, Tom." And Tom was like, "Yeah, you were always the best." Safe travels, my friend. I was like, that's sweet. That's cute. Um, they had like Tom 3 talk to Tom 4 before he died. Oh, there's comics. It, it was such a wonderful rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, I'm completely at the bottom. There's no more. Um, but the lore they have introduced in the show and, and, and the Toonami events is crazy. I was so into it. I was so happy I did that list. That list is awesome. This was, was so much fun to write. I cannot speak to it if it's awesome or not, but it was so much fun to write. I hope people enjoy it as much as I did, and I hope people revisit some of these things and watch these new events. They're they're really cool. Are, are, are these just like those two minute things that they? Is this? Are we talking like an hour's worth of like material here? Like what well, they collect they when you put them all together because they were bumpers for Toonami. When you put them yeah. all together, they're twenty minutes. Oh, that's not okay. Yeah. I thought so we were I, talking like a lot, a lot of stuff. Oh no, the rabbit hole didn't take me far. It oh, was okay. just really fun okay. to be down. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Um, I I really enjoyed it. And for like, there's one, there's one event where like Tom comes back from the future because uh, Sarah, who's this AI, is like evil now. I was like, oh, I'm playing Halo too. Um, <laughs> okay. good stuff. Really enjoyed going down that uh, going down that rabbit hole of just all the tsunami stuff. It's it was so much fun. Um, I highly recommend people. Uh, checking some of the stuff out, some of this lore stuff out, because it's really cool, especially if you're nostalgic for Toonami like I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Check out that list if you want. Love it. I'm going to check the list out. Thank you. Um, and then um, I, I finished Halo Infinite. That's the last nice. thing I'll talk about. So I completely finished the Halo Infinite. Um, I did. I mean, by that, I mean the story. I think, I'm pretty sure I'm actually done with it, done with it. But um, <clears> I did finish the campaign. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really solid. Um, the story that they were telling is good. Is good. I still am bummed that we never really reached the potential of an evil Cortana. Um, that's kind of my my biggest. There's like six months between uh, the opening of the game and the, where the game actually starts. 
And then that's like years after Halo 5. So there's all that time where I'm like, I kind of wish I played that game too. Like I wish that there was that story that I could play because I, th- I think that's that was interesting ground I liked that we're just going to be like, eh, forget we did that. Yeah, maybe that's a book. Perhaps. Um, yeah, I just I, I thought the evil Cortana stuff was a good was a good choice. And I, I'm sad that we never really got like a, a proper climax to that story, like proper like crescendo to that story. They couldn't commit to it. Yeah, um, I did. Uh, but other than that, I really liked Chief um, playing it. Steve Downs is great. Um, he has this moment where he does feel uh, remorse for what happened to Cortana. Like he blames himself for her going evil. Um, and he delivers that in two lines and it's like, you get everything you need because Steve Downs, especially as Master Chief is a man of very few words. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he's not waxing poetic. He's, but they're able to give him such great dialogue in this, in this game that just like it sells it in just a line. It's good stuff. I need a weapon. Um, the new character is awesome. And I really like the new AI. I think she's really fun. Really good. The gameplay's great. A lot of fun. Um, I, uh, yeah. Um, the only thing is it doesn't feel complete. It's, um, it's not. It's not <laughs> because it's not as as we've talked about before. Ryan said, or Ryan um, right rightfully said, they basically cut that game in half, and they still barely met their their deadline. I hope that means that we're getting DLC story, I, either free or paid. But I don't want it to be the next game. Like I specifically don't think that Halo Infinite is done. Oh no, they this is their live service model. It's it's not yeah. Halo Infinite's it for the foreseeable future. Well, I know that there's going to be like tons of tons of um, uh, multiplayer stuff, but they've not yeah. said whether or not they're going to do story DLC. Um, uh, I so I'm be, kind of hoping that we're getting that. I wouldn't be surprised because they're definitely like they're all in, especially with like how development went. Like they probably have so much content they could turn into story, and there's yeah. no reason that they that they can't. I'm sure. I'm 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 sure that's true. It, there's there's just like there is just a part of me that's kind of looking at this like obviously the story is not complete but like specifically just doesn't feel like the game story is complete like the story of halo 6 is not done yeah um and i i i, I hope that means that there is story dlc I, i'm inclined to think that there is because i've been also going down a, a bit of a halo rabbit hole like lore and stuff um, halo 3 uh was going to have dlc that got turned into halo 3 odst so oh, okay so it's not unprecedented that they get expansions that want to turn into a real game, but like they've done, they've tried it before. So like, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Me neither. Um, I've also been going down because of it. Like, it's just like a halo rabbit rabbit hole of just kind of l- learning about the lore. I've always kind of like known the halo lore, but I've never really like really known the halo lore. You know, far- well, maybe, um, but like, I, I'm, but like, I get like the philosophical, nature of what the first trilogy and the new trilogy are trying to do now whereas i didn't when i was a kid like i was just kind of like oh yeah the mantle of responsibility is a thing that the covenant want but i don't know what that means now i know what that means i get i get the whole the whole thing now and um so that that was that was cool playing the game just kind of having a a more um i like just a better understanding of it yeah i think that's all i really need to say about that cool that's my week beautiful two weeks Nice. Shall we do our bread and butter? Yes, please. Got some sad news up top. Harold Livingston. You guys probably don't know, or probably not too familiar with, but he uh, wrote a bunch of episodes of Mission Impossible, the old show, Mm. um, and most notably wrote Star Trek The Motion Picture. Mm. Uh, He passed away this week at the age of 97. Oh. 
a prolific life. Long life, yeah. Star Trek The Motion Picture was also his last work, so he that hasn't was, been working since. That was like, oh. like what, like 1970 or something, too? Yeah, some, some yeah. Like, it was after Star Wars, so it was like 78, 79. Oh, okay, I gotcha, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that much later after the show. Hi yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars is the reason why that movie came out. That makes sense. Um, and then Neil Adams, prolific mm-hmm. comic book writer and activist, uh, passed away uh, this week at the age of 80. If you went to a comic book convention in the last 20 years, there's no way you didn't see his massive booth everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That dude uh, has a legacy, but I will always remember him as, oh my God, this guy has so much space at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. He, uh, uh, mo- real quickly, uh, he's, we, you know, he's a great comic book artist. He's, he's designed a lot of iconic covers. He's a great artist. Um, but like, one of the things that I think is really important is that he fought for the rights of the writer who wrote, who write for these work for hire co- the contracts. Like the, you know, he really fought for them getting the credit they deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's, it's still a fight that they need to fight, but like he was at the forefront of it for, for many years up until his death, I believe. Um, yeah. Really important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The dude. Yeah. Like his, his work on Batman I well, I mean, I'm, I know his work from X Men because I'm the X Men mm-hmm. dude. His work on X Men in, in the seventies is, is some of the some of the best early X Men stuff. Uh, like uh, he draws Jean Grey specifically that like a lot of people have like this is their Jean Grey and it's his version of it. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the way he like he broke panel barriers and it's like you know like you know like a structured grid where like he would just like shit just intertwines left and right stuff. Um, his stuff is like yeah, that's like really good. Like we did uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one year ago, two years ago, nine years ago. Who knows when? Uh, but that book is like that book still holds up. Uh, uh, if not a little, you know, a little, a little dodgy here and there. But yeah, like, he definitely... he did the iconic cover of um uh, Green Lantern looking at Speedy at you know the heroin cover. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that was uh-huh. his cover. Yeah, like uh. His his racial ghoul, Razo ghoul. Who? What, how do we say it here? Uh, who knows? Uh, his race. Yeah, I say race. Uh, his his race is also like like the legendary look. Like his stuff with Batman yeah. in in that time in the eighties is like so good. Eighties, uh, nothing to sneeze at, but it's still you know too early. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to some more bad news. I really should have done the good news first, actually. Yeah, that's okay. We build up to it. Well, we had the title, guys. We had a great two weeks for Fast and the Furious. We have finally got the title of Fast 10. It's not Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. It is Never. Fast X. Well, That's fine. That's fine. Well, it's, it's fine. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I don't see at this point, like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm here to see the movie. Like, I don't, I don't care. Uh, In my the, heart, it is still Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. Sure. I mean, X is the Roman numeral for 10. It is. That's uh, uh, powers of X. Um, the, uh, and then the bad news. The fact that Justin Lin left filming a week into it. Y'all see that, no Vin Diesel, that Vin Diesel hostage video? Yep. <laughs> Jesus, man. I've never seen somebody so nervous to be in a video. <laughs> just, the, just the, you think this would be the best one? In my heart. Oh. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, apparently it costs, it's going to cost them a million dollars a day to stop production. For, you know, for the crew, the actors, the, like, the sets and stuff. A million dollars a day. So, um... Unless they find a director, which they which the, they think they're not going to do, because most directors will want to come in and want to do their own things and stop production. What they think is going to happen is they're going to get like an a, a, a second 
director and AD director to just take over because of some like like legal obligations that like they don't have to pay a new director twenty million dollars. So like, I'd rather them get just a big old director and like fix the shit. But like, who knows what's about to happen? We might get a movie with like no director. I think uh, this this is this is this this sucks. Like uh, you know, part this of the reason. Happen. No, this is this is crazy that Justin Lin for nine was like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to finish this franchise. I love this franchise. I'm here for it. And, and then like in a week into filming this movie walks off the set. I don't get it. Cause like the script should be done. All right. So that shouldn't be right. a complication at this point. And he so wrote, he, he's credited as a co-writer. The only thing I, that people can go to is like him and Vin, right? Like that's the only thing people can think of. Yeah. And I don't think he would post that video if, 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 if it wasn't that, you know, uh, I don't know. It's so weird, like, 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 what a franchise! Like, things just keep happening to it. Like, its yeah. main character, like its main lead, like dies tragically, and then like this one, its director is just gone. The guy who's leading the franchise to the end point is gone. Yeah, it's Ron Howard. It, it means because it means he's off this one. Probably not going to come back for the eleventh and final one either. Probably. Yeah, there's no way. Um, that that you know, I was really excited for him to be back in this in this franchise. Um. And so that that's that's really people, a blow. People are mixed on nine, and I get it. I really like nine. Um, yeah. So I was ready for it to to continue. Um, I really hope they get. I really hope they get a director who's like, I want to do something really cool. Like, bring me in, bring me in, coach, uh, and they can do something really cool. Otherwise, like, I don't know what happens to this movie, man. I, I do Vin, think that Vin Diesel directs it. I don't think. See that that's that's the most likely opportunity. That's the most likely scenario in my head right now because what I think happened, and like we're never going to know what really happened. Well, we might later, but yeah, like at this, but at this point, we're not going to know what really happened. I think what happened was Vin Diesel didn't like where the story was going. He didn't like where 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 whoever was t- was taking the story, whoever was writing it, was taking it. And and Justin was like, "No, we should go this way." And 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 Vin Diesel said, "No, we should go this way." And Vin, and mm-hmm. Justin was like, "I walk." Yeah. It's unfortunate that this happened in the middle of filming. That usually happens before. Yeah. Right. That's a shame. Um, but, you know, good news. Justin Lin is now available to direct Star Trek 4. Hell yeah, baby. Bring it Just back. Just saying. That's Bring right. You're to beyond. Come on! Um, I think Matt Shankar is currently the guy who's directing 4. The WandaVision guy. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, time will tell what will happen to the Fast crew. Yeah. Didn't... John... We talked about Brie Larson already. That was yeah. two yeah. weeks ago, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. It's too much uh, news. Sure. John Watts, speaking of directors leaving, John Watts has left uh, the Fantastic Four movie. Um, a little bit better than the Justin Lin leaving, because uh, he was like, I just don't want to do superhero movies again. I just want to take yeah. a break. Announced. Spider-Man 4 starts filming soon. Um, yeah. So, it's a little weird. I don't, know, I don't know why you agree to take on Fantastic Four and change it at this moment in time but i mean it's it's whatever at least it wasn't agreed, a week in the filming he reached it before he he started filming spider-man no way home so like i i could believe that he he was just burnt out by spider-man mm-hmm. yeah yeah i just um, i'm surprised that that wouldn't have come up at by the time they were done with the post-production on no way home is what i know oh, sure why is it coming up now um i but it give it to peyton reed honestly like, i agree I like. I wasn't. I didn't hate because I I like the Spider-Man movies. I didn't hate his cho- his choice, but like I I would like someone with fresher eyes on it than the guy who made a, yeah. another movie in the universe. I, right. Um, 
also like Peyton Reed. I I also like Peyton Reed. Like he was like he's he's the dude for it. But I also would like a different voice. Sure. Yeah, I don't know how much I believe some of the rumors. So, um, there's the there's the rumor right now that like Spider Man Four is expected to start soon. I don't think that's I don't think if it's happening, it's not with John Watts. Yeah, yeah, I think John Watts Especially is done if, with Spider-Man one way or another. If, we, if he just said in an interview, like, I'm done with superhero movies, I don't think he's coming back for a superhero movie, yeah. no matter what it is. I think whoever put that that rumor was either trying to get clickbaits or it was Sony actively trying to be like, we're eh? okay, though. Eh? Don't worry about us. Yeah. Sam Raimi for Spider-Man 4. All right. Um, okay. Sparks the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow! Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman have been canceled. Cleaning house Ooh. in the CW. Uh, a lot of people have pointed out that it's really shitty that the two main CW superhero shows where lead actors are queer characters were the ones that got the axe without follow-up. Um, I could definitely like acknowledge that I'm sure they don't pull in the audience that The Flash does. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Superman and Lois. But, like, to me, for the way that the CW has run the Arrowverse up to this point, and especially for Legends being as long in the tooth as it was, I don't understand why you don't let it come back for, like, because they, both of these shows are already on half seasons. Mm-hmm. They have been since they're, since two years ago. Well, Legends the whole time, honestly, has been half seasons. But um, Batwoman went to half seasons with season two. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't get how you don't give it closure on these is a little, I don't know. I guess Especially there's a lack of uh With what you said in... about, with what you said about Legends of Tomorrow, like where, where it ended in the last season, like give it at least a mini series to wrap it up. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially Legends. I feel like Legends, like you give them five episodes. That's like a mini series conclusion. Like they, they run with it. Yeah, which maybe maybe could happen. Who but knows? As, maybe the writers' room will be able to lobby for it and get get a five episode wrap up at some yeah. point, or Berlanti will. Who knows? But as Ryan said, uh, they are definitely at this point cleaning house. Um, I don't think I don't think Flash goes past this next season. So no, I was gonna say I was gonna say Flash has definitely got its writing on the wall. So there's they have two shows in development right now: Gotham Knights and Justice U. Yes, that's right. Do both of those shows? come out and they're not tied to the universe and they're just its own thing i think justice you doesn't come out but i do think gotham yeah. knights does because that was never connected yeah because right. i think gotham like knights, gotham knights was never connected justice yeah. you i think doesn't get made at this point i was gonna say either it, i wonder if it's a situation almost like modok where like it's too far in production like they get like one season out then cancel it and it's like it's just self-contained or they just cancel it seems like like warner brothers and discovery are just like Oh, just, just cut this shit. Let's just cut it out. As far as far as I know, like Justice U didn't did it get it didn't get a series pickup, right? They just said they were shooting a pilot. They're just yeah, like it's yeah, just it's a work pilot. Out. Yeah, so I, I'm sure they'll do the they'll finish up on the pilot because they have made the investment in making the pilot, but they're gonna pass on it. If they yeah. canceled Legends, they're gonna pass on that show for sure. And then uh, after Flash is gone, that would just leave Superman and Lois, right? Right, and Superman wow. Lois has been running That's existing in the Arrowverse, but without like frequently acknowledging its presence. There are characters that cross over, but like it's not wholly important. Yeah. Uh, I I suspect that they just leave it at. This could be like long term. What we might see is like every couple of years you get like a big 
kind of crossover event and they get the gangs back together of some of these shows and they do some kind of story and everybody just has a good time and maybe there you get some of the wrap-up like we get some booster gold legends and superman and lois and black lightning event or something yeah that's like five episodes and you come and you watch it who knows there's there's still avenues i think where you get to see the follow-up of it but it's certainly like a big big bummer to have gotten to the end of one of the best seasons of legends with such a diverse cast and the introduction of booster gold which was done really really well and be left on the cliffhanger they left you on um, which is essentially that Booster Gold got them all arrested by future police. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. So uh, it's it's a bummer. Um, do you think? Do you think that? Uh, so we Flash isn't. We we pretty much believe that Flash is not coming back after season nine, right? That's the next one. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Um, do we think that Superman and Lois is also canceled the same year? No, I think as long as Superman and Lois continues to pull an audience, it pulls in. Superman and Lois probably runs up to five or so, depending on if the audience is still showing up, because people are still jazzed and talking about this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't see, again, Superman and Lois was able to speak to a tone that, even though it's set in the Arrowverse, it's not defined by needing to watch the other shows, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think everybody else kind of lumped even though I would say the same is true of Batwoman, that you don't need to watch any of the other shows to watch Batwoman. I think in people's minds, it felt that way. Sure. Even if it wasn't true. Um, Big bummer for Javica Leslie and the cast. I thought they did a great job ultimately reinventing Batwoman after Ruby Rose had to leave and they had to create a new character. I I think it's a shame for that character to not get uh, a send off. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big bummer. Yeah. Well, see you, Hey, go watch Legends, guys. Uh, it's not going to change anything, but like, it's worth it. All right, so some good news now. Oh. Squirrel Girl, interestingly enough, I want to put this one on here specifically because of the casting. Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable, the unbeatable radio show, is coming. It is going to be a six-part audio drama from Ryan North. Uh, that is going to continue his four-year-long run on the character. He wrote a Squirrel Girl for four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. M- M- Milana Vaintrub, I believe is how you pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, he's she's going to star as Squirrel Girls. Now she she's the she's the girl who is going to be Squirrel Girl in the New Warriors pilot that was filmed and never picked up. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a pilot you guys can watch if you can find it. Uh, I think this is really cool that she gets to play the character. I thought, yeah. yeah, I always thought she was a really good choice. Um, and Squirrel Girl is a really fun character. So, like, the fact that, like, it's always fun when they get to continue, like, the journey. Like, Matt Ryan, it's like, oh, I'm still Constantine, even though that show got canceled a long time ago. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that the, it was always a bummer that the New Warriors show never came out. Uh, I just wanted to see that pilot. Um, Not yeah. if it was bad, though. <laughs> We're true, but, like, but what everyone said about, like, how, what they wanted to do about it, it just kind of feels like a one of those, um, sad moments that, that just never happened yeah um yeah the after party season two has announced its full cast wow um sam richardson zoe chow and of course we knew Z- tiffany haddish mm-hmm. are all returning mm-hmm. yes uh, bringing back exactly who i thought yeah me too <laughs> um I'm, I'm happy to see that and then uh zach woods elizabeth perkins poppy lou Paul Walter Hauser, Anna Conkle, Jack Whitehall, 
and Vivian Wu have joined the cast. I recognize half those people. All right. I'm excited. Yeah. I'll watch that show eventually. Um, speaking of a show you're going to watch eventually is Dune the Sisterhood. True. Because mm. oh, they have. still happening? It's still happening. And Thank God. I want I put this one on here specifically because, like, hey guys, Dune the Sisterhood's got a director, uh, Johan Renick or Renk, who directed Chernobyl. Oh shit. Ooh, um, boy. Yeah. That's heavy. That's heavy. And uh he's going to direct uh that based off a script from Diane uh Ademu John, who was one of the main producers on Haunting a Bly Manor. Good show. Dang. Good character work on that show. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. I'm so glad this is still happening. It's on Apple? Yep. HBO Max. HBO Max. Of course it'd be HBO. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was really happy that that's still going because, like, you know, after the movie came out, we didn't really hear about this for a while. Oh, yeah. Right. I straight up just thought they were going to quietly just, like, don't worry about it. We're just going to make the sequel. That's all. So, yeah. This is great. And then Ballerina, the John Wick uh, spinoff, has cast Anna de Armas in the lead. Uh, she rules. She can finally make up for the lack of her presence in No Time to Die, because she's so good in that movie and only in there for five minutes. Uh, she rules. Sure. I love. I love her. Like I want her. Like she is a superstar. I want her. I want to see her in everything. I think she's great. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Len Les we- Len we- Les- Len Weisman is directing this from a script by Shay Hatton. Ooh, he directed the Underworld movies and more previous stuff. But that's what I remember him as. <laughs> Honestly, me too. Underworld man. Lots of delays happened this week. Oh, yeah, they did. The Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania switched. Ooh, it looks like Kang went forward in time. So this is the Marvel's second delay. Is it? It, it is, yes. Because it was originally coming out this year. Yeah. The Marvels went from February 17th, 2023 to July 28th, 2023 which was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania's release date, and now that is coming out February 17th, 2023. I ain't mad. Weird. I, I, I wonder if it's just like Marvel's isn't done, or they want to do like King stuff early. I wonder. Like, I, I think it's because Ant-Man is just closer to the finish line. Yeah. yeah. Less, well, I would say less special effects, but it's, it's quantum stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just like a different, I, I think Peyton Reed was just kind of like on lock, and Nia DaCosta for this type of movie does have a bit of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, kind of pushing it a bit kind of make, makes me happy for her. Cause like she gets more time to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just, I'm, I lament that they clearly wanted to go for paying off Miss Marvel quickly because mm-hmm. it was originally supposed to come out just a few months after the, her show ended. And that's just not going to happen. That's a bummer. That's a yeah. bummer that that's what they were going for, and that can't happen. Yeah, I mean, because that would have been a good feeling. It would have been a good feeling to have watched her show, and then like a month later, go watch her in the movie. I, yeah, uh, there was a the first ever um, announcement for Marvel Phase Four had WandaVision uh, coming out, uh, ending a week after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Well, that's sure, insane. yeah, that's so crazy. Isn't that wild? Things change. Uh, and the pandemic changed that because WandaVision ended up being the easiest to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Shazam Fury of the Gods has blinked. It was initially coming out the same day as Avatar, um, but now <laughs> it will come out December 21st, 2022. All right, cool. Um, Numbers back. Did you see Did you see his tweet? 
Yes. Yeah. All right, Avatar. We'll give you the space. You're welcome. You're welcome, Jim. You're, You're welcome, welcome, Jim. Jim. <laughs> Very good. Need help. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was moved from this year, October 7th, 2022, to June 2nd, 2023. Yeah. Which also pushed what we now know to be Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is the third film. (gasps) We initially just heard it as part two. Um, Had an unspecified date in 2023, but is now coming out hard date March 29th, 2024. Yeah, 2024. It's not so far away. Right? I have no problem with this. It's an animated no. film yeah. that can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just it's a long wait. I know that that was kind of like I was like, man, I gotta wait longer, but like it's gonna be good. Make it look so good. They're, like they talk about it at CinemaCon with all these like yeah, there's there's all these characters that we have to like differentiate and animate, and it's like, man, you know what? Take your time, make this look good. It yeah. was it was always surprising to me that considering what an undertaking animated animation wise those films are that they were doing them back to back so mm-hmm. the fact that it's being pushed a little further is not shocking to me and i'm fine with it mm-hmm. yeah puss in boots the last wish was pushed from september 23rd 2022 to december 21st 2022 next mm-hmm. to shazam oh sorry puss <laughs> sorry puss man there's um, a lot of the or list. you know what you know what puss in oh. boots might get it it's a so? kids film. It's a kids animated film. Mm. Damn, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, um, Antonio. <laughs> right. And then Mario, the illuminated the Illuminations Mario film has been pushed from December twenty first, twenty twenty two, to April seventh, twenty twenty three. That was coming it, out this year. Why yeah, isn't it, it on Mario Day? Why aren't they releasing it on on March tenth on Mario Day? No. I don't know. It's I it's important. It's important in the context of a lot of these delays, especially the anime ones. So remember that we're still living with like the pandemic pushes on scheduling affecting mm-hmm. things, and like I'm not shocked, especially with the animation ones where they go, you know, what we estimate we would be capable of doing has become too hard. With, and I'm glad they're not making the animators crunch. Yeah, too. I I I think in general with animated films, it's the same rule as it is with video games. Delays are always good. Agreed. It's true. Yeah. Miyamoto took over the Nintendo Twitter and obviously <laughs> it was translated. And he said that, hey, I'm talking to Chris, not Chris Pratt, but Chris, like the head of the Illumination uh, department. And he was like, hey, we're, we need to push this back and make it better. And then people, of course, were rephrasing his famous quote of a delayed game can eventually be good, but a rush game will always be bad. So they're like, a delayed movie has the potential to be good, but a rush movie can always be, will always be bad. The Twitter thing was funny because it, it's just, it's me as I, it's, it's, it's Miyamoto. It's just like, it's Miyamoto. The movie's getting delayed. I talked to Chris about it. Sorry. It's like, <laughs> thanks for stealing. Thank you. It's funny. All right. Well, do we think this movie's going to be good? Mario? No. no. Yeah. All right. No. That's all we needed. That's all I needed <laughs> I think, to know. I think, I think Miyamoto saw Sonic Badgeon 2 and went, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is—it's gonna happen again. Oh no! Okay, well, sorry, Mario. It's okay. Comic Con, uh, CinemaCon. Sorry, not Comic Con. CinemaCon. There's not a whole lot that came out this from CinemaCon, so we're just gonna kind of like—I I don't think we'll take too long on this part. Um, Michael Chavez was announced to be directing *The Nun* two. Hmm. He's the guy who did *Conjuring* three. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're nope. 
James, we need you. Come back. <laughs> I I don't think there's a I I I tweeted this because like we haven't heard anything about the the nun two for a while. But I, like I have to I have to say directing was not the main issue I had with Conjuring three. It was the script, but that doesn't necessarily mean this is good. No, it does not inspire confidence. Like the the first nun's not great. I not not good. I just think it's a lot of fun. Um, I this is not. I don't know if I'm even interested in another conjuring fran another conjuring film if he's at the if he's at the helm of this. Right. I did. Yeah. I dislike both of his uh, Curse of La Llorona and Conjuring. Oh 3. yeah, he did the La Llorona too, and that's also. I bad, forgot. So. I forgot he did La Llorona. Never mind. I he's like he's like <laughs> the new guy, and I just like I don't know if I. If I'm interested in this new guy, <laughs> quite quite honestly, I think he killed the franchise. Like yeah, I think Conjuring Conjuring Three came out like a dead weight, it's and true. it just nobody gave a shit anymore. Yeah, that is true. Like I, I yeah. think I like I liked it, but even then, yeah, like yeah. You know, uh, I haven't even seen La Llorona, and Conjuring Three good. was wasn't yeah. good. I mean, yeah. we talked about it, so yeah. So I like I just I I, I do think that like I just don't think the the franchise is there anymore. Like the the hype people were really into it and then conjuring three just like destroyed the hype there was just no interest and no hype no discussions about the conjuring franchise anymore yeah yeah james come back jimmy come back <laughs> jimmy come back okay sony announced their latest Sp spider-man spin-off villain centered movie the spunk el muerto all right is going to be the next after Venom, no. After Craven the Hunter will be El Muerto. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a, a Spider-Man villain spinoff from Sony, starring Bad Bunny, who I can only assume is a rapper. He's no, he's a, he's a Latino musician. Uh, he's <laughs> also so the thing is he is showing up in Bullet Train. He's in the trailer for Bullet Train. Mm -hmm. He's fighting Brad Pitt at one point. Uh, he's really talented. Uh, he's got he's really charismatic. So him becoming like a star makes sense. Uh, okay. him being the villain of a two issue Spider-Man villain no one really cares about that's where the issue is it. so so this film is slated to come out on January 12, 2024 uh, and as Ryan said this is a character that's only shown up in two comic books ever so th this is the part where I am every character matters I think every character like I'm I am at the end of the day I'm fine with a Morbius movie just make it good I'm fine with a Craven movie just make it good El Morto is one of those characters where like I don't know why they picked this character there's he doesn't have enough to him and maybe that's why they wanted to do it but also there are so many other characters you could choose so it's just really weird he's a wrestler maybe they want to tie it into or spider-man's origin i think that's also a stupid thing to do so well like, they, I, they I think they saw blue beetle and they were like oh we, we got one but he's 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 nothing like blue beetle he's a wrestler no because he's because he's latino oh because he's latino <laughs> y'all there's other you got Miles just waiting there. You can just say, what's going yeah. on? What's going on here? This is the one that really, I was like, okay, this now you guys have lost it. Y'all have lost it. I, I genuinely think that they're not pulling the trigger on a Miles movie because they don't have confidence in themselves. They and they know if they it. shit the bed on it, they're dead. Yeah, that's a good point. Look, I'll be honest. I'm out. I'm, I don't <laughs> think I'm seeing another one of these Sony Spider-Man movies. I'll, 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 I'll see it. Because Venom 2 was great. So, like, I'm not... It's just like this one. Yeah. It's like you guys are really, what what is the, what specifically the specific one specifically because this is going to be set in the Venom verse, whatever. It it is it is purely the 
bullshit they pulled with the with the Morbius post credit scene where I'm just mm, like, yeah. I can't sanction any decision you ever make ever again because this, this was so bad. Any of this buffoonery? Yeah. Like you 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 have ruined you have ruined this. Yeah, it's definitely Morbius is a snag after what Venom 2 what they were able to do. So I'm hoping I've seen some pictures of Craven. Aaron Taylor Johnson is looking pretty good. He's looking pretty jacked. Um I I El Morto, what what's going on? Give me I'll watch a Silver Sable movie as long give me like that character is cool. I just don't know why they chose this character. It's so odd. It is truly odd. Yeah. Weird. Anything else? I absolutely hate this. I'm not gonna see it. I'm the only one of us who went and suffered through Morbius. <laughs> I know you, you did. It's true. After that absolute dumpster <laughs> fire of a movie and that goddamn scene at the end of it, Michael, Perkins. where we had a really cool villain with the Vulture, now in a new thing. It's like I think it had something to do with Spider-Man, and then they're trying to do this. I hate every so, word. Brandon. So here's so there is a there's a YouTuber called Nando V Movies. And he released a 15-minute video called How the Sinister Six Can Work in Sony's Universe. It's a really good video. And I was like against even watching it because like I don't I'm not interested. He makes a really good case how they can turn it into something really cool. And they're reused in Ape Sinister Six. Instead of them being villains, they're kind of like they're like it's it's James, it's Jameson basically like saying, like, they're the Sinister Six, they're evil, when they're all actually not evil, and it's like the city's out to get them. There's a it's it's a really great video. It made me believe in the future that they're definitely not gonna be. The th yeah. Okay. If more like okay, right? You said any character, every character matters. I hundred percent agree with that. If you you can make any movie, it, any movie can be good. Craven could be good. Venom two really changed my mind on how I view the Ven those Venom films. I mean, oh, the first shit. one still wasn't really good, but that or the first one wasn't really good. The second one was great. I really had a great time. The second one, Morbius left a bad taste in my mouth, and I, after that movie, I'm like, Sony, stop, just stop. Unless Marvel, just. Unless Marvel is directly involved with them, not in association, MCU shit, I'm done. I'm out. All right, Mr. All right, Mr. Shell. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give everything a chance. You, you show me a good trailer, I'll watch it. Sorry, my, my, no, my uh, partner walked in. You're okay. uh, I got cats yipping everywhere behind me. Yeah, okay. Um, the Batman 2 was announced. Cool. Okay. Figured that was happening. Um, yeah. A sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife was announced. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all right. And Venom 3 was announced. Okay. Okay. Is it so. still Andy Serkis? I don't know. They didn't say. I hope it is. He's he's what helped that movie, I think. He did. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, maybe I'll see Venom 3, but I just... I just don't care about whatever overarching story that I could accidentally watch. Well, well sure. like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like, if... If, like, El Muerto was announced as, like, a Disney Plus MCU show, sure. Uh, I'd have questions, but I'd have faith because of that, that I'd have, I not just because, like, I'm invested in the MCU, but because, like, I'd want to give it a chance because usually there's some merit to why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. And Sony has consistently proven both with pre-everything they did with Venom and then going after with this universe thing that they just don't have that that grasp on what mm -hmm. they're doing with these characters like it's it's just it, here's end of the day like what it is for me is that it's so 
I have yet to see one where I feel like it's driven by actual passion for the characters. I enjoy Venom 2, but that's not what I would call that. Mm -hmm. Um, On the part of, like, the people creating it who aren't Tom Hardy. I'll say that. Um, But, like, it's it's all done to continue to maintain copyrights. And that's what it feels like. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and as long as it continues to feel that way, that's what makes me not. It's it's all such shallow interest. Uh, it's not trying to actually explore anything about these characters or or tell a story or or truly make me feel something. It it always sounds like or feels like. Except again, I will give Venom. Let there be carnage the credit of like it became entertaining, but it's still not. It's still not doing that right. It's that's, not. It's shallow fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's, that's it's, and that's the thing that that like until there's the Sony project that that comes out that does that, I'm not going to have faith that they get they get it that they're getting the people who get it who give a shit. The the quote that I always kind of go back to about the mummy, the Tom Cruise mummy, was that everyone who goes to see a movie knows that movies are made for money. Nobody likes to feel like they're made for money though. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's that's what that's that's what yeah. this is. You're you're exactly correct. Um, and I you know I kind of feel I felt the same way about the mummy, right? Like I wouldn't continue with the dark universe because of, of a similar thing. But then the Invisible Man came out, so titles were revealed. One of them being Avatar Two. Well, actually, just Avatar: The Way of the Water. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, some footage was shown, and so those pictures that we've seen uh, are pretty great. I've seen the trailer. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. It it looks really good. Really, I'm actually, I'm honestly excited. The the, C, the CGI looks stupid, stupid good. Like holy yeah. shit, what the? Come on, y'all, what? I, I, just never write off James Cameron. Never. No. No. You know, for a while, I almost was. Is like, yeah, this movie's never coming out. This movie's this guy is just gonna sit with that mil- with those billions of dollars he probably earned with Avatar, and then it's like, I mean, I haven't seen any of the photos, but I trust what Ryan is saying about how good it looks. I'm like, oh man, this thing is good. I mean, Avatar still holds up. Like, yeah, the thing is, like, at the at the very least, at the very least, the movie was going to look very pretty. Exactly. Um, yeah. But like, I always, you know, James Cameron is is like he's he's the guy who does this for the love of the craft. The dude's honestly a genius. Like mm-hmm. he he really is it, it, he really loves this stuff. And so like he was always going to get these movies off the ground, whether we liked it or not. And like I I I've kind of felt by like, going into two, I'm like this could be great. Like honestly, uh, Avatar two has always had the best chance uh with me because it's it's james cameron combining his two great passions which is film and the deep water because uh because he's he's deeply deeply obsessed with the deep ocean um so that and we know that's a strong element of this next one um so yeah i i have high hopes. the man it's the man has built new technologies again he keeps doing this he keeps building new technology for his movies and he yes. did it for avatar and he's doing it again for avatar 2 that's the what's like did. that's what's most exciting about it is like how many, he, no how many thousand meters did he dive down into the pacific ocean just so he can go super deep just because well, like, yeah, the, the the uh titanic like part of the funding for titanic 2 was that he was able to create new, new technology to help people deep sea dive better and take photos of that he, he was almost primarily responsible for getting like the best pictures for the titanic ever yeah, he's he's not just like 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 uh he's like a futurist for film. He's mm-hmm. always trying to push the mm-hmm. envelope. Um 
And there's some people who like who don't want to do that. They're, just, they're happy with what they got. And he's always like, I want to try to take it the next step in every movie I do, whether it takes 15 years to make it. You know, if it takes that long, like until I never heard him say like, all right, I'm canceling Avatar. So I knew it would come out. Would I be 50 when the next one comes out? Maybe <laughs> it turns out I'm going to be 30. Di- way different yeah. than I expected. The, the the thing that I always kind of that I always kind of like, like really loved about it is that like right now we're in the kind of a sweet spot. If the trailer comes out and it's going to be like the long awaited sequel to the highest grossing film of all time, you're going to build some hype. Yeah, yeah. no, I there there's definitely Avatar has no like cultural zeitgeist, right? Yeah. But but the second people, regular people see that trailer, they'll go, oh, that movie was awesome when I saw it 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Like that this movie's gonna make a lot of money. And I and I was never in the doubt that it will it be the highest grossing movie ever made? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I hope honestly, I've I because he hasn't started filming three yet, apparently. I just, uh, not three, a uh, four. Uh, which I just found out like four and five have not started filming it because they're waiting to see how how good two and three do. And I'm like mm-hmm. Don't wait too long, because like, I think I think we're in, I think we're in for four awesome movies. Quite honestly, it's impressive because like, yeah. again, the like last time somebody really did this and it worked out was like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, and when you do plan it out that way, like, man, you can make something real special. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Mission Impossible, eight? Yes, no, eight, seven, seven, seven. and um, seven and eight. Mission Impossible, seven and eight. By the way, did you guys hear how Tom Cruise uh, announced this? I think um, so. He he flew. He was flying a biplane upside down. He was flying, he was on a biplane upside down and announcing the sequel, the titles to Mission Impossible Seven and Eight. And I'm like, dude, well, of course you did. <laughs> Dead Reckoning Part One and Two. Dead Reckoning is a, a very spy type name. I like it. Yeah, I'm really excited for these movies. I can't wait. I got it. So I got some movies I need to watch. Have, Have you not, not seen any of them? Guys, we've done this. We've I've done, done this, this with Ben. I, there's a lot of things we do. <laughs> no, I know. Ben has not watched these movies. I've only seen two or three. Oh, right. You've seen the one of the bad ones. Okay. Yes. So one of the bad. good ones. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. that's a, those are some, You're going to have fun with those, man. Those are good movies. Oh, yeah. And then A Quiet Place, the prequel movie for A Quiet Place, has been titled A Quiet Place, Day One. Yeah, okay. Hmm. And now, cool. and now, officially clarified as a prequel too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I I wanted that. I wanted to see that day. Uh, maybe they, from some different perspectives, but yeah. I, I don't remember. Is this is this with John Krasinski? No. No. Okay. He's still doing Quiet Place Part Three. This is the other guy. We've talked about it. I just don't remember the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's talk about Netflix, guys. Okay. So Netflix is looking to lose 2 million subscribers this year. For Netflix, that's pretty big, but like, considering how many subscribers Netflix has, it's if 218 really. million or something. Yeah. Um, it's, but... uh, it's important It's important to acknowledge this real quick, because like, this is all just 200,000 people unsubscribed in quarter one of this year. Yeah. And and so the, the people who like, do the calculations and the projections at Netflix's company at their big quest, they came up with this number. This does not mean two million yeah. will absolutely be unsubscribing. It could be more. Projected. It could be less. Yeah. It's it's just them in their panic mode right now. But so it looks like in response to this, yeah. um, Tadum, which is a, actually a service I'm don't I'm not familiar with. What was that? I don't know either. Tadum. I thought like it was like their uh I don't know. Tadum was like a uh news 
uh, access source, oh, like Vice, like Vice uh, for Netflix specifically. So it would have like people doing journalistic write-ups about the material on Netflix and engaging with people creating it. Okay. Um, so the thing that's so shitty about it is that they recruited all of these people, a lot of them women and a lot of them women of color to be able to talk about all the diversity that's on Netflix through these articles, through like real journalistic, like they wanted it to be this whole thing. But the problem is just as you said, this launched December last year and none of us had heard of it. Um, and so like all these pieces were being written but people weren't reading them and they'd courted all these people with promises of, uh, you know like a lot of money and the illustrious career away from good journalism jobs. Yeah, there was a lot of people who talked about how. Anyway, they laid off the entire company. It's the, the, the news. The entire Tadam crew has been completely laid off. Um, they took a bunch of people from like very good, like insure, insured gigs that they've been doing for years. Like they poached a lot of people from yes. like more more stable stuff with the promise of stability and more money. Mm-hmm. And six months later, all gone. So I'm I'm on it now. It's yeah. It's basically like it's like an IGN, like a GameSpot, like like they. It's it's the it's news and like and, and yeah. entertainment stuff. So like, man, they didn't even last like in December. Like Jesus they, Christ, they yes. didn't even they didn't even like make people aware of it. Not even close yeah. to enough. Um, yeah. It's that it, kind but of like it's it's really awful the way that they poach these people away from wonderful jobs. Yeah, and uh, what I don't that... understand is like. Netflix has so many properties. Like they obviously they put out a lot of really good stuff, but they also just put out way too much stuff. Like why don't they just scale down? There's no way people are watching all this stuff, right? There's no so way. I did a, I, I did a bit of research for my Babysitters Club piece uh, a little bit about this and like the apparently what had happened was the CEO of Showrunner was like we want to make everyone's favorite show. Mm-hmm. Which was which was back then when they first started it was just kind of like we're going to put out a show. We're going to make a show that someone is passionate about and they want to make, and we're going to put it out and we're going to give it like a couple of months to find its audience and it will find its audience. Yeah. Everything we make will find its audience. And then it became, uh, uh, and then it became that we're going to put this on, on Friday. And if people don't watch it by Sunday, we're canceling it. You can't Yeah, it's, it's awful. That's awful. Um, so the other thing is uh, you, just, you talked about how we, none of us knew about it. It's because, Part of that, I think, has to do with what we're what we're going to talk about next, was the animation side of things. Netflix's marketing is shit. It's just yeah. shit. They make they made their animator their animated writers to market their own stuff. There was no dedicated marketing team for 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 these properties. Their own the writers had to be like, hey, by the way, my thing comes out next week or next month or whatever. Um, I I do agree. Like, I think the marketing is a problem. I I just want to highlight that I think uh, one of the key issues is that Tadum was not something directly linked in the app. Um, mm-hmm. That that like, where are you most likely to actually get people to engage with wanting to read about it? It, it would be linked to the Netflix project itself, right? So if I pulled open, let's say, um, Russian Doll, and they had an article or two talking with the main actor or the showrunner, whoever. Um, and it's like, would you like to learn more? And you can kind of swipe through on the Russian doll page, right? Like they didn't meet the people, the audience that they were aiming for where they were at initially. Um, the fact that there wasn't even just like a sub piece down on the app that was just to dumb and you access it and then you get a list of all the latest articles and that kind of thing. That's the part that's, that's (laughs) the part that's really boggling my mind that that wasn't just built in because it's like, like they weren't even trying to speak to the audience they had. 
Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up that I thought that the, it's not just a marketing problem because marketing marketing journalism doesn't work quite the same. No, I know, but like it's still there is still no tadum I, I Twitter account that's being like, hey, this article went up. It is just these people I, have to be like, hey, I wrote this thing. Yes, I agree with that as well. So the other thing that the other big thing that happened was that uh, Phil Rinda, who is Netflix's director and create director of creative leadership and development for original animation, basically he ran their animation division, specifically their kids animation division. He was laid off completely. Um, because of that, a lot of other people in, the, in Netflix's animation department were laid off, and a lot of shows were prematurely canceled. Uh, and a lot of shows are not returning for for another season. So specifically, a show that was uh, the Twit or the Twite, whatever it's called, it's Roald, it's a Roald Dahl animated property. Um, but because of the deal with Roald Dahl, that'll become an animated film, so it's not going to be a show anymore. And then the big one was Bone, which mm. is finally getting an animation, an animated uh, adaptation from Netflix, is no longer happening. You're still muted, Ryan. <laughs> poor poor jeff smith yeah he made a he made a uh, uh a bone comic uh that he posted on twitter and it's like it's like talking to nickelodeon yeah we'll make a show with you kicks him out the door and he's like cartoon network yeah we'll make a show with you kicks him out the door netflix we promise we won't kick you out the door kicks him out the door he's like i guess i'm never getting made i'm like that's yeah. so sad um so the um so many animated projects um Netflix wants to go in a different direction with their animation. Now, again, you talk, I talked a little bit about this before, before the top of the episode, uh, top of the, this episode, but like, uh, there's not a lot of stuff right now for middle-aged people, for middle-aged kids, like in that, in that kind of like, not quite teen, the preteen years. Um, there's nothing for them. There's not really a lot for them. And that's kind of the animation that we're losing is the kind of that, that world, that world. Yes, uh, I, I agree. I really like you coming up with the term middle-aged kids because you could not <laughs> find the word preteen. I was like, I, I, like for like 40-year-olds? Like, what's going on? It's like, yeah, for, especially because he had the pause because he knew he was wrong and he was like, for middle-aged kids. <laughs> I mean, dragon the Dragon Prince, I'm just glad that season four is confirmed and I'm still waiting to see if it. If Dragon before. Prince, if Dragon... So I, there wasn't... because. Because of this, I also looked up Dragon Prince because I was like, no, it's no way. They are very far into production of the fourth season. I don't think it's coming back after that, though. Probably not. Actually, I still need to get that comic book, but that's besides the point. So so here's the kind of the end of this news. And again, like goes back to the frustration. Like a lot of people were frustrated because like Netflix wouldn't market their wouldn't market animation a lot of time. And so like uh, people like animated showrunners had to be like, hey, my show comes out next month. Go watch it. And that's now that's that's horrible. That's happened to the marketing part. But the thing that killed me was that they said that a licensed TV show that they that they that they license out, which is the Boss Baby, is seen as the pinnacle of how animation should perform on Netflix. I'm out. Which means the Boss Baby does very well on Netflix for some reason. I hate that. They put it on for babies. True. Well, it's not even, but uh, that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it. I understand, but that's not your property. You buy that from someone else. Like, yeah, but but if that type of material makes the most like bang for makes like the most like streams or whatever, then they're like, okay, we need more shitty, less developed, less costly stuff. 
It's well, I mean, it, but that that raises a, a point of like, is Netflix going to learn that maybe it's better off just being a distributor rather than a producer? Yeah, what's well, a way? It's a I mean, like, think about think about some of like it's it's top content that it you know is a Netflix original, but like they're just putting it out there. They didn't make Arcane, you know. Yeah. That's not a Netflix made show. It's just airs on Netflix. They bought but Arcane it, yeah. is one of the best animated shows in the world. Yeah. Like, um, there's a ton of Netflix properties that are like that, and maybe that's where their wheelhouse should be. It's just like, hey, you know, becoming like the streaming service version of A24. Yeah. Sure. Uh, like, I, I mean, this it's... is this is shitty news one way or another. I'm, I'm no, just absolutely. trying to say, like, I, I this this problem with the model is a problem with the thinking of how viewers operate that Netflix has always had because the binge model has always been the wrong way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. The bubble is is is, burst, is bursting for Netflix. Yeah, it, yep. it it sucks. There's a lot of people who lost their jobs. A lot of really cool. A lot of really cool shows that just not going to see the light of the day. I was going to argue the animation side of Netflix is some of their best, has some of their best stuff and some of the shows that they have. I mean, of course, then Sparks is right. Netflix didn't make a lot of it. Like Voltron, DreamWorks made that, right? DreamWorks made Voltron, Brandon? Yeah. You know, it's much in the same way that like ABC or Marvel Entertainment made Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. So anyway. Studio Mirror made Castlevania. Wait, was it Studio Mirror? No. Well, so that's 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 not a Studio Mirror isn't a distributor or a, or a, or a network. Netflix uh, made that show. Netflix made but that they, show. They sourced the the animation to a different studio, okay. but like that's how all yeah. animation works. Yeah, uh, Studio Mirror. Um, like I, I, you know, also I don't think Studio Mirror didn't do Castlevania. Yeah. They did a, what, a Powerhouse Animation did Castlevania. Okay. Yeah. What the difference has been is where where they're buying a show and where they're funding a show, and. Okay. Uh, most of their most successful ones, I'm being generalizing and exaggeratory, but a lot of their big successful things, whether it's live action or animation, but certainly with animation, are ones that they bought, not ones that they funded. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, I I hope it works out. I hope we still get some good animation stuff from them. It sucks that so many people lost their job. Yeah. 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 Frank Miller and Dan Didio were in the news. Hmm. Dan Didio and Frank Miller have partnered and are going to launch their own publishing company, which is going to be called Frank Miller Presents. Now, Frank Miller Presents will put out two to four books a year, uh, which will mostly be Frank Miller comic books. Um, Two that were announced were Ronin Book Two, which is a six-issue sequel to his 1983 book, Ronin. 40 years later. And uh, Sin City 1858, which will be a western set in the Sin City world. That that sounds that sounds pretty cool, but but yeah. not with modern not with modern Miller, unfortunately. Um, it's going to produce two to four titles a year. Um, so both new, both there will be new titles. There are new titles slated, but there's no like creative teams or announcements or anything like that. So, uh, I can Frank Miller not not get published anymore? <laughs> no, I think he can. I think he just Dan Dio. No, I think it's more a Dan Dio thing more than oh Frank right. Thing. Um, he, he wants to come back to the comic book game. Yeah. Um, F- Frank Miller is old as hell. Uh, he made some of the most influential uh, and some of the dopest comics in in the eighties. Like uh, his Daredevil run is insane. His Batman stuff's insane. Like Ronin is is a is a masterpiece. Um, he's gotten older and his sensibilities have gotten worse, and he's a little more conservative. Uh, and he's just not as 
it's not as the talent as it is there. Uh, he did Dark Knights Three: The Master Race. That book's not very good. Um, <laughs> Dan Didio is a guy I don't personally love, so I there's nothing here for me whatsoever. I guess. Yeah, I want. It's interesting that he's writing these solo because, like, Brian Azzarello also did Dark Knights Three. Like, they he he helped kind of Frank Miller plot That's that. True. You're true. That's true. So um, it's interesting that Frank Miller's like, no, 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 these are I'm, I'm writing these. Maybe it's a thing where like nobody else will let him write alone, so he has to do this. Oh, well, maybe. Probably. <laughs> like Frank, Frank, you can't. I'm sorry. And it is like it is. It is a thing where like I'm gonna do my own stuff. Let's go back to the two things that I've done, and and like, oh man, Ronan never got a sequel. That right. now there's gonna be a sequel that's that's absolutely not gonna be as good as that book, and it's in just a little way gonna diminish that Ronan is its own s- secure little thing. And I'm like, well, that's a bummer. And I'm never going to read Ronin 2 because I got Ronin. <laughs> it's about it's about time for the comic community to just maybe admit Frank Miller doesn't have it anymore. Hey, man, people people age out of out of talent sometimes. Yeah. It happens. All right. Uh, and then I thought this was really cool. So Lucasfilm Games has partnered with a- Amy Henning and her Skydance uh, studio, Skydance Entertainment Studio. Um, well, so she's going to be working on a Star Wars cinematic game. Um, this is her second time working on a Star Wars project because she did uh, Project Ragtag. She was working on that um, in 2017 before they canceled that. That was a third-person uh, 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 action-adventure game, different to, to 1313, but in a similar like third-person cover shooter story thing. Yeah. right. Um, she worked on the Uncharted games. She's a story lead for the Uncharted games. And then she hasn't made a game since because she's been trying to make a Star Wars game for like 10 years. Well, she yeah, she was kicked off of 4. She was fired from 4 because she yeah. didn't do Uncharted 4. Yep. Um, and then uh, then she's just been trying to do a Star Wars game. It's really unfortunate. I really hope this one pulls through. Me too. Yeah. I really like the Uncharted games. I really hope that she does it. Yeah, she's got uh, uh, those. Th- those Uncharted games are great. And she is like like the cinematic like visionary like behind like like Neil, Neil Druckmann and, and the other guy who wrote them, who did four, are also really good. But like, she's the reason those games are the way they are initially. Um, and she needs to get back to making games. It's been like a long time. Uh, ben, can you pull up uh, Grayson's comment before we continue? Yep. Fallen Order two. He thinks he, th- he thinks he saw that somewhere. So. That is no. absolutely getting announced. Uh, they're they're working on it. They announced they're working on it, but we're going to no, get no, a trailer. No. Amy Henning is not working on Fallen Order two. Is what he's asking. Oh no 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 yeah. No. Amy Henning is is hey, Amy Henning is working on a different thing. She's not working with EA. EA is working on Fallen Order Two. Yeah. Um, but yes, that game is coming. It's it's happening. Yeah. Definitely expect a trailer. People are expect, expect suspecting like E three time in the summer. Yeah. I, I would yeah. I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. Love those games. Excited to, see, to for her to do this. I want more good good Star Wars games. Yeah. Trailers. We're in the trailer Ooh. park, boys. Lots of trailers. The bubble, no bubble. Bubble. James Gunn's sequel, The Bubble. Uh, Can you like a good anime? I we don't have to read the synopsis, but I I hope you all did because I want you guys to have context for watching the trailer. Um, mm. I, it's like a like a, they're in like a water bubble world. Yeah. So I thought um, I gotta pull it up myself real quick uh, just to remember the detail. But I I really like it uh, more than anything. I I trust this studio i trust this animation um they tend to kind of knock it out of the park um and this one came across i I am the one that added this and i just thought that this looked like uh one to maybe keep an eye on visually Um, it's it's stunning absolutely yeah this animation is gorgeous the animation reminds me of the evangelion rebuild movies there's there's two facts about it um 
the strange powers that are connected to bubbles is interesting but the part of the synopsis that really gets me is the pair are brought together by a mysterious sound that no one else can hear and i'm just i'm 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 intrigued i just think it looks really cool and i like i like the synopsis i think this uh just was something cool to make sure that we keep an eye out for it definitely cool pops cool cool yeah cool original anime films are happening and it's nice when they do oh it's a film it's not a show it is a film oh i will I will check it out super faster then. Less of a commitment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Is this a twenty-four? Yep. It is a twenty-four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't catch. I didn't know if I catched it or not, but I felt it. Um, this is definitely a dark comedy for a twenty-four. That's for sure. I want to see this so bad. I uh, tone is right up my alley of like disgustingly like mean and funny. Like it's like you, it's always sunny type stuff. You stabbed me. I can't believe you're making this about you. Yeah. That's the line that broke me. I'm like, oh, this looks awesome. It's like um, it's like a a modern youth version, like a true get to today's youth version of um a new scream. Yeah, I felt scream. Oh, sure. It felt like scream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where it's like it's great. really trying to attack how they how they interact with each other today. Uh, very like bitey dialogue. Uh, uh yeah. it seems like it, like the script's gonna be really good. Um, I love that like Pete Davidson's there. He's like, I well, like my look is that I I bang. That's my look. I'm a banger. Okay, and I'm like God, I I like him so much. Um, and it's like a murder mystery. Yeah, this looks really fun. Like really mm-hmm. good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I enjoy how Ben was like. This looks like a dark comedy for 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 a twenty four. Like they do lighthearted comedy. <laughs> Running in sunflowers. Um, well, I mean, Marcel the show shoes on, and that's that's a definitely that's a whole you're right. That's a twenty four. That's a twenty four. You yeah, got me. Good. You got me. Or we haven't seen it yet, but yeah, when I was watching this trailer, I was like, oh, okay, oh, that, that movie's going to take a dark See, turn. Mar- Marcel's rated R. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get there, it's like, surprise. But um, yeah, when I was watching this trailer, I was like, oh, there's the A24 right now. Um, but still, I mean, as with other A20, with other films that A24 puts out, this is definitely more that, I mean, yes, there is the scary, the horror elements to it, the month, like the mind effery. But at the same time, it's not like psychologically you feel uncomfortable. It's like, this is bad but at the same time i'm probably gonna laugh like the pete davidson thing that uh, ryan mentioned i was like that's actually pretty funny yeah, or the whole I'm... or like every cut where they're like you're so toxic or they're saying a new like slang for like today's kids are saying so the, the, the lingo yeah um i thought i i do think this looks very good i did want to note that i i had to double check but i i Meant to make a note of it. Um, Bubble is on Netflix now. It came out uh, April twenty eighth, and that's oh. one of the reasons I wanted to highlight it. Is it's, it's, it's I knew it was going to be available when we recorded. Um, I'm so you can go check out Bubble immediately. Hell yeah! Okay. Uh, Hell is us. Yeah, this looks weird. But cool. this was just a teaser trailer, right? Yeah, it's just a, t- a concept trailer. But like, um, I was already into it when it's like the. Uh, the visualization of my moment of vengeance will free me, and then it's an echo, and it's like, no, it won't. You're trapped forever, yeah. and then it just gets wild. It's a, it's a really cool trailer, but like, I, I, it doesn't tell me what the game is. What like I like? No, not at all. Drone? Not at all. It's a great concept, but like, I, I have, uh, I, I have to separate it. Like, okay, but it's a game I gotta play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just, I there's something conceptually that was really speaking to me. This is another one where mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure we talked about this trailer. Because, I will say uh, uh, there's, there's something about the, the Junji Ito 
kind of look of the the bodies that are laying around the ground that I'm like, yeah, I am swirls. very fascinated in this. It's definitely doing a mix of like, okay, so it's like modern day, but we got fantasy sword shit going on. So right, uh, this so. is a this is a concept trailer. I, I I this is one of those times where like a concept trailer has really grabbed my imagination. Like I don't know if the game will be good or not, but you yeah. certainly have my attention. I I want to know what this is going to be. I sure hope this isn't a thing where we see this and then we don't see it's here for like another I suspect years. I suspect this is out for the same reasons that you were talking about earlier, Ryan. I think we get a bigger preview in in E three time. Yeah. Um. I think that's okay. why this came out right now is to get people like asking questions about it for when it comes. Yeah. Yeah, because I had I was like, what the heck am I watching here? And then it, mm-hmm. I, it pans out. You see the drone. The drone's kind of like it perches on that person's shoulder. And it's like, okay, th- there's a sword. There, I saw some buys with guns. I see these weird robot-looking things with swirls. What am I looking at? My then... brain tells me like a third-person, like open-world mm-hmm. game with a drone as like your companion thing. Yeah, yeah. Probably. My brain tells me. Yeah. Who who knows? But um, just I'm. You have me intrigued. Teaser we'll, trailer. Yeah, you we'll have me out. very intrigued. We'll probably find out later in June. Yeah. Night Sky. We don't get you many shows me, about old. You have people. me intrigued. Teaser trailer. You have me intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sissy like, Spacek, J.K. Simmons. They got a yeah. secret. It's a space secret. Yeah, they're, they're like, Shed can, like, transport them to another planet. Yeah, they're like they're like secret astronauts, and people are like, "Are you guys secret astronauts? <clears throat> what's got, yeah. what you got in that shed there?" And then they got maybe an alien uh, little little son. Who knows? It looks really charming. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the I liked how this looked. I'm I'm curious to how this goes. J.K. Simmons literally likes doing these like miniseries. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What? Uh, it was was this was this Netflix? Ooh, oh, Amazon. No, no. Amazon Prime. Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Amazon. Cool. Okay. All right. Evil Dead, the final preview. Man, so real quick, uh, this game comes out soon, and we have not seen any gameplay for it. So a lot of people were worried this game was going to be real bad. Good good news, boys. This game looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. I've watched so much gameplay of it. Uh, I am so excited for it. We've all played uh, Dead by Daylight. Um, we've all played Left 4 Dead. Or, Ben, do you know what Left 4 Dead is? I know uh, what it is. Com- it is combining those things together. Uh, you play as survivors. You could play as the 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 the, the, the demonites, demonites, the Candarian deadites. Yeah, the the Candarian deadites. Uh, but the thing that that I just want to play this game solely to be the evil because when you are the evil, you are the camera from Evil Dead zooming as you do. You can possess people. You can possess items. You can possess cars, trees. Uh, you could summon zombies to take them over. You can like become like the evil evil Ash from Army of Darkness. He's like one of my favorite characters from fiction. Uh, it just looks like uh, a great time. Um, you can uh, set set like scare traps. There are there are jump scare traps in the game, Ben. So I will throw something oh, no, down. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll walk over it. Yeah. Like how awful is that? So that's horrible. so the. The concept, and I know like they have different terms for it, but the, basically the concept for Left 4 Dead and Back 4 Blood is always that you are you are playing against the game master that you can't see. And they're throwing different curveballs your way, which is why the replayability is so high, because you can't predict where the things are going to come from or what's going to happen or when you'll be overrun. And this seems to be giving you the power to be the game master mm-hmm. and throw people off. And I think that's really, really cool. Speaking yeah. of Back 4 Blood, we need to play that. I haven't popped it into my PS5 yet. Hot dog. Ben, you've got you got a hell of a Spooktober ahead of you. <laughs> oh, it's coming. We can start planning early. 
Um, okay. Okay. Sonic Origins. Well, you didn't say anything about it, Brandon. Just like anything like you, know, you might play this one. I didn't I'll... have anything to add. I agree with you guys. Okay, no, I just oh, wanted okay. you to say something. Just like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I am buying this game hundred percent. I want to play it. Yeah. I know. The whole I know time Brandon I likes. I know Brandon likes Dead by Daylight, and he likes Evil Dead. So I suspect if we're in on this, Brandon's in on this. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, like there's the there's the, there's the um, uh, there's the evil Kandarian like demons that from from Ash vs. Evil Dead. I really like those designs. I'm glad that they're in games in the yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, every like all the movies and the show are all represented. It's it, and the game looks like visually looks really good too. Like I was surprised. Like yeah. this is like a forty dollar game. Um, so it's like a budget game, but like it's it's crisp. It's very crisp. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Sonic Origins. I got feelings. Oh, Ben, I forgot to tell you. I, I uh, earlier I, I texted you or whatever. Uh, I played Sonic Heroes too, or Sonic Heroes. Is that a game, right? Yeah, that's yes. a game. I played that one. I played a, a Knuckles, Tails, and Sonic. Green Hill Zone's a really good song. <laughs> yes, that song is like great, great soundtrack to Sonic Heroes. Yeah, that great game, soundtrack. I played it for like an hour. I got to like the third, the third area. Uh, nice. I didn't play as Nails or, or, or Tails or Knuckles, like because like. What's the, honestly? What's the kind of the point? Like for real? Because like Sonic's the best character, isn't he? In Sonic Heroes? No. Yeah. In Sonic, wait. In Sonic, wait. Wait. Hold up. Did you play Sonic Adventure or no? Not Sonic. Oh, I think I played a mod. I think I played a fan game. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so Sonic Heroes. Sonic Heroes is the game that immediately followed Sonic Adventure Two. Okay. Um, in many ways, it, a lot of people like it to like a Sonic Adventure Two Point Five. Um, but the concept of it is that you are Sonic Tails and Knuckles all at once. Yes. But as you're going through the levels. Um, there are areas where you need to use speed to get through, but there are areas where you need to use Knuckles' ability to smash things to get through, oh, or his power abilities, or you need to use Tails' flying to mm -hmm. get through, oh. and uh, you're yeah. all linked together, and you have to swap through their abilities to get all three through. Yeah, each of okay. the okay. yeah each of the three each each team is three characters from the Sonic franchise. Like obviously, it's Team Sonic is Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Dark is Knuckle or not Knuckles, shit, Shadow, Rouge, and Gamma, and then Rose, Amy, Big, and um, cream, so on and so forth. So, okay. yeah, that that's Sonic Heroes. Oh, okay, I I did not use them very much. I probably okay. Like now, nah, <laughs> that makes sense now. Okay. Anyways, going back to Sonic Origins, um, yes. the first twenty four hours when this trailer came mm -hmm. out, I was really excited because the animation looked gorgeous. Um, the new mode that which got, offers you infinite lives, saying you can just keep replaying it no matter how much you die. That sounds great. And then it all went, came crashing down because Sega decides to say, screw you with a bunch of this bullshit. Um, you guys have seen that um, chart that of what you get when you order or pre-order whatever, like the standard the standard digital or the um, deluxe digital that's all confusing as hell? It's egregious. It's, yeah, it's, it's messed egregious. up. And of course, and here's the thing, um, Nintendo Life also came out with an article saying that um, Sega knows that there is a demand for physical release. They're just not planning on doing anything about it. Yeah. Which is, to me, is egregious. Now, with Sonic Mania, that one was, essentially, that was an indie Sega game. Sega just allowed uh, Christian Whitehead and Hank Cannon to do it. It became so popular that it warranted a physical release, and they decided to throw in a few extra goodies here. And then, once again, it sold gangbusters. This one is put out by Sega themselves. No one else is like Sega in-house is making this, so they have the money and the and the resources to put out a physical release. Thing is, if they're gonna do the Sonic Mania track record, they're probably gonna wait a year and then put out a physical release. But at the same time, they make it so confusing of what we get. And there's and the extra stuff that they're saying we get is 
you get animations of the characters in the menu screen. I don't give a shit about yeah. animations of characters in the menu screen. I just care if the games are good and you have extra modes that I could play, like hard modes or mission modes or stuff like that. But that might be locked behind DLC. And it's a lot of people on Twitter are putting up their copies of Sonic Mega Collection Plus and Sonic Jam's Collection on GameCube saying, boom, I got the origins. And not only that, Sega's delisting the original games and only the Sega Ages versions are going to be available. Yeah, uh, kinda, I tried to buy because I was going to because I, I was at this at the specific moment in my life. I was like, right now I want to play Sonic. So I'm going to buy a Sonic game on the PlayStation Store. There were no games that are available that weren't Sonic Mania or uh, Sonic Forces. Sonic Forces, and I got that for free on PS Plus, and I wasn't mm -hmm. gonna play that one because I hear it's bad. So I went to the PC and I just played Sonic Heroes on my PC for free. Thank you, Internet. Um, I want to play this legitimately. Like this is like I this is the reason like this is the one that I wanted to play. Um, so I don't have as many issues with the as with you as a collector because I'm just gonna buy the game on PlayStation now or PlayStation Online or whatever for the regular price and just play the game. But I thought this. This is something that they did like 10 years ago where you go to Best Buy for this thing, you go to Target for this thing, you go to this thing for this thing. And I'm like, just make it easy for people to buy the game, guys. Like, why are we doing this still? Yeah. It's um, like, because they're also adding like music pack, music tracks as DLC, which I think is also very egregious. Mm -hmm. it, and I saw a great tweet, and this is actually going to be the, the, this is the, this was the catalyst for a OSG article I'm drafting up right now on how, for these retro collections, I mean, obviously, Sonic the Hedgehog, it's one of the most popular video game franchises of all time. You can go to Frankenstein's, you can go to so many used game stores, you can buy a the original cartridge or even the compilations that have come out over the years for not as expensive. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. here we are putting one of modern consoles, which I think is good, but just throw everything that you have, make it a decent collection that warrants a $40 price tag. Just, I mean, the yeah. really the only reason why I was looking forward to buy this in the first place is so I could play Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles, which hasn't been around for a little while in certain compilations, like the recent Genesis title or the recent Genesis compilations for, like, say, the Mini and even the Switch. They don't have, they only go up to Sonic 2. And of course, my personal favorite game of all time, Sonic CD, which I thankfully have on my cell phone. But, oh, can you the guy looks It's cute. a space cat. I got a space cat. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I just realized how far away your green screen is because of that. I was like, oh, oh, oh bro, I'm in oh, space. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, was I talk, what was I talking about? Sonic. Uh, oh, the, yeah, because the, the, the there have been past compilations which have amazing extras, amazing, like the, the complete, up to that point in time, the complete cover gallery of all the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, sketches, music sampling, the whole nine yards at no extra cost. And it's like, here's this amazing collection for you. And now it's just like, they're going to like squeeze us and milk us dry well, for maybe like Sega. one or two extra note, one or two extra modes and some music packs that we can just listen to off of YouTube. Yeah. Modern Sega sucks. Like I, I like some of the deal, some of the, the pre like, Hey, if you pre-order, you get the music. Like that is literally all pre-orders. Like I don't have a problem with that one. It's the one where it's like, the animations on the loading screens, I you don't that. get those unless you pre-order. Like, that's just stupid. Like, yeah. that's just not in your game. Like, give no, me a break. That's the stupid that, It's like, oh, in the in the menus, you can move the camera around the different islands. It's like, why do I care if I want to move? They're diving the game to you. It's weird. It's like, I just want to play. I'm The reason why I want to buy this game, I mean, I would like a physical version. And if they are saying they're not going to do digital, I'll just do what I did with Sonic Mania. I'll buy a digital one on PlayStation and get the physical on Switch. That's not, not okay, whatever. 
But at the same time, it's like, oh, we're gonna have all these little nooks and crannies. Like that shit should just been in the game from the get go. I'm not, you're not gonna nickel and dime me for a, a little a Sonic animation for a loading screen. That's stupid. I'm can, sorry. Can, can I yeah. interject real quickly? Um, the powerhouse animation team did uh, new animation for this game. That's just mm-hmm. menu exclusive stuff, or is that like no, in-game no, no. stuff? No, no. That those animations I did hear they're going to be in all versions, no matter what. So okay. thankfully, though, yeah. the, like, and that's one of the reasons why I was so looking forward to it is because the animations in this trailer are mwah, they look so, so good so the, and the new animations they are tying they are tying all the games together into a one narrative story so in between games there's going to be new animations explaining how things happen from there to there and stuff which is awesome like that's what yes. i'm going to buy the game and like no bells or whistles just i want to play these games yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. i mean i'll probably and then, and then yeah you can go through all of those Sonic games, and it will be fun. And it is a shame that they're doing it in the DLC way that they are, but at least it's finally making Sonic CD so much more accessible again um, on consoles. And you can do all that. And then, Ryan, you can go play Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 on the Xbox. Oh, I don't have that yet. I got to get that copy from you, I guess. All right. No, you could uh, could just get it on the store. Oh, I guess. Oh, right. $5. Oh, my God. Thank you, Microsoft. You're the best. Wait. I'm gonna buy some weapons tonight. Hell yeah! Go I'm gonna Sonic Adventure. I'm gonna tell you what it is though. Yeah, because I mean, Sega five dollars. Five dollars. I can afford that. Yeah, I mean, truth, truth be told, we were all hoping that we were gonna get the Sonic's um, Sonic 3D All Stars, which was gonna be Adventure, Adventure Two, and Heroes in one package, like they did with Mario. But alas, we're not. But at the same that. time, but I mean, I still have problems with his origins. I know I'm going to get this collection eventually. Oh, you're um, you're gonna buy it. You're a Sonic fan. Yeah, yeah. Because also this, like what Spark said, CD and Knuckle Three and Knuckles, which haven't been available for quite a long time, especially Sonic CD, because that was only on the Gems Collection for the GameCube. Never got ported to the PlayStation, or never got ported to any other system. It was only stuck on the GameCube, which is a really good Sonic game. So, I mean, yeah. Okay. That's Sonic. my rant. Sorry, rant over. I'm excited for it. Uh, yep, same. The black phone. I was already uh, excited for this. The I didn't I like this was just reinforced. Like this movie looks really good. Uh, I did not watch this one uh, by choice. I just good. want you to know. Um, okay. I I kind of don't want to know any more about that movie. I didn't know how much this trailer would tell me, but I hadn't seen it, and so I chose not to. I will um, say it does. It does one of my personal things. preference. That it doesn't, it just expands on it. It doesn't really reveal anything too much, but uh, it does have things in trailers that I hate. It's like everyone is talking about the black phone. Mm. Oh, it does open with that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. like, are they? Like, I know people are excited, but like, I, it's like they, they hype it up and like, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. All right. Ethan Hawkins, uh, spooky. I, 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 really... I, that's the thing is like, I'm very excited to see it. So I kind of don't want to know more because I already find it like a cool. Mystery Did you watch the Lightyear trailer? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I really love what I'm seeing from Ethan Hawke in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. sinister. Chippendale Rescue Rangers at a new trailer. I want to get this. I want to get this out of the way right off the bat, so that we can just talk about everything else that's cool about the trailer. Um, I still hate Chip. I still hate that Chip is a 2D figure that they've animated in 3D instead of drawing in 2D, and it bothers me even more because we see Flounder in this trailer animated in 2d and i'm like the only reason that chip is not animated that way is because they wanted to put the same cgi outfits on him that they put on the other one 
uh, and that just drives me up a wall uh, in a way I can't I can't get past. That's fair. Everything else about this looks cool. I'll tell you what, it didn't bother me in the first trailer. I did notice it in this trailer more. I did like yeah. the rotoscope, like two D. I'm like, oh, it does look kind of weird. Like it doesn't it doesn't bother me as much, but like I definitely like definitely noticed it. Like, oh, it's a weird choice, I guess. It just it just gets to me when like. You're doing 2D animation for the other characters. I don't know why we didn't like. If you're actually saying he's 2D and not CGI, why does he so clearly look CGI? And again, yeah, like commit. it's, I don't know why like he can't be wearing the same outfit, but when he puts the outfit on, it's 2D on him. I don't yeah. understand why that's hard. I don't understand why we can't do that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I am really excited this... because every 2D character we see in this looks great. Um, yeah, it's it the same. By the way, it is the same animation problem i have with chip with peter pan um they're doing the same thing with him and uh, i don't it's like no, that it's, it's as noticeable. much either it's definitely yeah. noticeable um i am more excited for this than i than i could have possibly imagined and these again these aren't the type of movies like these like whether it's smurfs or anything else like i don't generally care for them but just like the avenue that it's taking and it's the guys who made pop star never stop never stopping and it's just that movie again but with all of my favorite nostalgic characters well, like, it's the director. Just, it's the director and, of Popstar. Yeah, and like Andy Samberg did it and stuff. Like the the so the writer is Crazy Ex Girlfriend's head writer. Oh, that that's excellent too. Um, yep. I'm like so on board for this, and I know a lot of people on the internet seem to hate it. I'm I'm super excited. Like honestly, I don't know what it is. Honestly, I wasn't really sold on the first trailer. After seeing this one, I'm like, I'm kind of I'm for it now. To be honest, I was at first I was kind of like, eh, but now watching this one, I was like, you know, I'm not actually. I'm gonna give this one a shot. Like the writing doesn't feel like traditional, like like shitty, like bad kids. Like it feels like it's like a it's like they're talking to adults. You know what I mean? It's just like it's, it's like, like a movie. It spiritually, it spiritually feels like a successor of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The uh, amount Ra of of sorry, go ahead, Brian. Rachel Bloom, who's married to the writer of this movie, um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Uh, she said he wrote this script like a decade ago, and oh, when she God. read it, it was the funniest thing she ever read. That's awesome. So I'm like, I, I'm excited. This is also some type of like, like passion project too. Uh, that's mm. probably going to be a, like a thing about like a looking back on nostalgia in a way that's going to like make us sad and like it's going to be like really good and shit. Like the Muppets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the first Muppet, the good yeah. Muppets. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like the, the, the Muppets that came out with uh, Jason Siegel. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm really, I'm really stoked. I'm really stoked for this. Like to be honest, I think it looks I again, like the live action uh, uh, cartoon hybrid. Like we don't get enough of it, and like it looks really good. Besides, like the obvious stuff we talked about, like like I'm, it looks I'm, really good. I'm very excited for this, and I was surprised at how much I laughed at the at the Seth Rogen Pumbaa talking to the Seth Rogen dwarf. Yeah, that's the type of shit that I like. I I, I feel like I would hate, but like they're it's them making fun of themselves, which I'm yeah. like I respect you for like you know how bad that looked. You know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at? Your dead eyes. It's like Beowulf or whatever. I watched yeah. the. I watched the 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 ending of the Lion King, uh, the the new one with my dad, and uh, he goes, "Wow, this looks great." I go, yeah, "It certainly does look great." Certainly does look great. It looks great. Um, okay, yeah, set up that. Yeah. Prehistoric planet. So I'm gonna need to borrow someone's Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I pay for it. I might as well also, use it. So also, so I can watch the after party because I don't have so so because I haven't seen after party yet. But also, I really want to watch. You know what, Ben? Buy a new phone. You'll get it for a year. Oh yeah, I am good. You know what? I am buying a new phone before I go to Europe. So oh well, there you go. There, there you go. we go. 
Um, I don't have a lot to say. Dinosaurs look cool. I love not documentaries. You know, I I think this looks really gorgeous. I have a lot to say about this actually. Um, I think this looks this looks gorgeous. There's a lot of um talk about how scientifically accurate they are and how like a lot of this stuff like looks like it should have been practical um like it it would have been practical there's uh there was a someone said like this dinosaur is wrong now because we we know better in the three years like we learned and so the guy was like yeah we had we discussed it we discussed changing in a post but like at the end of the day we're just too far along we couldn't because like they were thinking about changing a, a whole new dinosaur to match something new. That's funny to me. I'm really excited for this. I'm stoked. Yeah, absolutely. Looks looks. Yeah, looks good. I think I I think it's really cool um, what they're doing with it. I I'm very surprisingly into it. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. More dinosaurs. The, di- the dinosaur the dinosaur duo. Mm-hmm. You you guys talk. Oh. I'm, uh, I, Go ahead, Sparks. Uh, I'm I'm more interested after this trailer than I was after the first one, so that's something. Um, I don't know. I I I I I want to know what they're really gonna give me, and I don't I don't think either trailer has told me, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, which is fine. Uh, I don't expect it to spell it out for me, or it wouldn't be a lot of fun to watch the movie. I just I I don't know. I'm certainly intrigued by the ideas of the dinosaurs in the world and the the original trio being back. I want to watch them. Um, Mm -hmm. And Wu saying like, you know, oh, we made a mistake, that kind of thing. I think the part that I'm rubbing up against the most is that I just don't understand why we, outside of like, this is how movies are made. I don't understand why we have to get back to Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm just because over it, their characters. Because it's Chris just, Pratt and Bryce Dallas. No, no, no. I know, I know. That's why I said with the no, caveat, I, I know how movies are made. But I mean, there's no but, other reason. But, but in a story way, I just don't know why we need to do it. There is no good reason. There really isn't. Well, it's it's because of Blue, right? Blue is probably the most compelling character in this franchise. Uh, and th- and he needs to... Oh, yes. Uh, good night, Mag. Mag uh, I, was, I was waiting for a lull to bring up his comment, but yes. Yeah, I hope yeah, you me- feel better, sir. You've been you've been talking about being sick. so mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel better, but hopefully you get to go see Fluffy at Dodger Stadium. That would be an amazing show. Um, So, like, because Blue is so central to this plot line with the with her child being captured, like, you got, you need Chris Pratt to team up with Blue again. Like, Blue needs that, that kind of, like, person there. That, But that doesn't feel like a I don't know how to put this. That feels that feels like the thing they came up with to justify making it so Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard had to be with the original trio and doing other things with these characters rather than a a solid story idea in itself. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how it's coming across t- t- for me. And I think I, I, I acknowledge that like it's me kind of just being done with both of their characters after the last one. Um, because the real person I'm the most interested in, are we ever going to do anything about it is the little girl who's a clone, Yeah, but we're probably not. I doubt we even bring it up. Not with, not with Colin Trevorrow back. I bet. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm honestly, I'm sure we will. Cause like he, he, he likes to try. He likes to try with Colin Trevorrow. He likes to try with ideas. I'm sure we'll go back to the clone girl idea. Yeah. I want um, I want Malcolm to find out she's a clone so bad. 
I want Malcolm to be like, it's all over. <laughs> we're, we're done. We're done. We screwed up. Wait, you're a, you're a, a, a clone? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Ben, anything, uh, about, anything for you for this one? For Dominion? Um, I actually was... I mean, I'm not super hyped, but the chase scenes, the action bits with the dinosaurs and all the different type of dinosaurs we saw, mm-hmm. it got my, it got, it piqued my interest. It got me interested. Um, of course, seeing the original trio back makes me happy. And I also really do hope that we're going to go back to the fact that the little girl is the clone. And I also hope she gets more to do in this movie. Uh, a lot of characters. There's a, there's a uh, shot where um, Pratt is backing away from two Carnotauruses the way he backs away from the Velociraptors. And I'm like, please don't tell me he trained Carnotaurus. <laughs> I'm just saying that's, that's this ridiculous. trailer had so much of the hand stuff going on, and at this mm-hmm. point, to me, I just find it a parody. I really um, hope that he. Ke- I really hope it turns into a running joke where he keeps doing the hand thing. And it's like, dude, that's a Carnotaurus. That's not going to work on a raptor. Well, but, well, well uh, um, uh, Lou, them. No, no, it doesn't. It does, hold on, real quickly, because actually, that kind of bugs me a little bit that you said that. Um, it doesn't just work on raptors. I'm not talking to you, Ryan. I'm talking to both. Uh, I'm not, it's not just, it doesn't work on raptors. It works on blue because the last movie, uh, mentioned because the last movie showed us that blue is genetically defective. Mm-hmm. There is something, there's something wrong with her that makes her more compassionate, more empathetic than a raptor. Mm-hmm. So the hand thing works on blue, uh, specifically, and because she's the alpha, it worked on the others. The other thing is, um, blue attacks Chris Pratt in this film. Like she's mm-hmm. she's so angry that she has that she's lost her child that the hand thing whatever this is doesn't work. Blue is pissed. Blue is on a rampage. And I kind of enjoyed that. For a second. Yeah. Can, uh, can I just say like that wasn't my read on the the scene that was I didn't read it as her being willing to like viciously attack him. It was mm-hmm. her saying go fix this. Uh, yeah. That that came across as very much like. A a let's say you, you took a, a pup from a mom dog. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of behavior, not like the kind of like uh, now I will kill all things kind of behavior. Sure, um, that was my read. I don't think that this means that like she's willing to. This is I I don't think that it meant that she's willing to now kill Chris Pratt kind of thing. Like I think she's saying like you go fix this. Yeah, uh, they're still gonna be because honest. because blue blue is smart enough to recognize they don't have the means to, so they're saying you go take care of this, go fix it. Um, I'm I I'm also aware that I'm like I'm keeping myself pretty pretty low on it because I I want to give it the best chance of me liking it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not letting my my stuff get up too high about it. Um, but I want to hear what Brandon has to say because I know he's excited. Oh yeah, I didn't say I was excited. Oh, we know I know, you are. But I know it. I could I could have hated this. I, I, I that's rude. Did you? Did you? No, I really liked it. I don't want to talk about it. I think there's some really great shots in this trailer, even though I'm not really looking forward to it. I think visually, I'm not gonna hate it. All right, Lightyear. I wish I didn't watch this trailer. I kind of wish it too. It's a great trailer, but it reveals the freaking what's the movie actually is about, and it bums me out. <laughs> yeah. Great trailer. I'm really excited for the movie. They not I'm only showed me. what the movie's about, they showed us. All the villain stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, so like, what's the surprise now? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish that like, I don't know. I was more excited the last trailer. Like the last trailer just made me excited. Like this yeah. one didn't oh, yeah. make me excited. And nothing again. Nothing, I don't think it's a bad trailer. It's just like it showed me like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. What's the surprise though? 
because I really think the big the big twist. And if you haven't watched this trailer, I'm not going to reveal it if, no. if you're an audio listener, because I think it it's a part of the movie that's important. Because there's characters in those in that first trailer that we now know about in this in this new trailer, and I'm like, how are we supposed to grow or learn or anything? Sparks, how do you feel about this one? Uh, I I'm not too bothered, mostly because Pixar tends to, to not still not give away the whole game, even when you feel like they have. So okay. I have no reason to think they have. Um, so I still I still want to see it. Oh, I mean, I want to see it. Yeah. No, I know, but I mean, like, it yeah. didn't, it didn't, it didn't really diminish anything for me. Um, I, I was surprised to learn it, but I also enjoyed everything I saw about it. So, there's, there's a character reveal. I'll sell a villain reveal, and like, we know they're in the movie, but like, I, you don't need to show me it. You know, let me. See I didn't it. mind the villain reveal because, like, we saw that in the last trailer too. Like, we, sure. we mm-hmm. know what he kind of looks like, but like, um, we get like a full action shot, and I'm like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still excited for it. It's still one of my most anticipated films of the year, if not my most anticipated film of the year. Oh yeah. Um, but the I, you know, I'm, I want, I want to, I'm excited. I want to see it. Show it to me. No more trailers. When's it? I forgot when it comes out. June. June. Okay. Yeah, June. And I, I have to agree that. I mean, I also, yeah, I know what Sparks is saying because, yeah, Pixar, even though they do tend to reveal sometimes a bunch of stuff in their second trailer, they do like to keep the one big thing, like the big emotional, very close to the chest. But I also agree that I kind of wish I didn't see a whole lot. Like the whole, like, once again, I don't want to spoil exactly what it is if you haven't seen it, but the main draw of the film is when I first saw it, I was like, oh, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I wish I didn't see that again. I mean, it would have been, saw... been a cool thing to see in the theater, is all. You know? Yeah. There, like, there's oh. a there's a line that I really appreciated. I really liked that he watched. I was like, uh, "Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Why don't they answer?" I love that. Like the, like uh, like Tim Allen did in the first Toy mm-hmm. Story. Really good. Or even, mm-hmm. or even when he uh, or in the very beginning of the trailer between him and um, Felicia when she's like, "Are you narrating?" No. And then it's like narrating helps me think. It's nice to see like. Yeah. Like Buzz's character, like really shy, and they're like, "Oh yeah. yeah, like he has a he has a character." Like that's that yeah. is cool. Yeah, um, I'm still I am, I'm also with Brandon. Like my most some of my most anticipated films this year were, of course, Sonic, and now it's Lightyear. Um, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I still ha- I still sing from the first one. I still sing Starman by David Bowie in my head. Oh yeah, yeah. For a while when sure. I see those images because it just looks so bloody gorgeous. It does. It's again, like I said it last time, but like it's nice to have like a big budget animated like genre movie. Like a sci-fi movie. That's going to theaters. Oh, yeah. Disney Plus wouldn't put a gay kiss on there. Heavens. <laughs> Cut it. Um, okay. Thor Love and Thunder. That was this week or last week? Yeah, that was oh, last shit. week. Jesus. Uh, never mind. Amend- uh, amendment to my last statement. This is also one of my most anticipated films of the year. I was <laughs> just thinking about Natalie Portman's buff arms for two weeks. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh Everything about this trailer looks great. Did not go the direction I thought it was going to go. Um, yeah. Is the the idea that he's like, I don't want to fight anymore. This sucked. We I got lost. Bad I'm news. good. Bad news, bud. You got to fight a whole lot more real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We saw Zeus. Yeah, we seen was Olympus. I'm, Hercules is probably going to be in this movie, and I'm not ready for it, because that is like, <laughs> you think Moon Knight's a stupid character to show up? Hercules. That's a dumb one, y'all. Oh, um, juicy. It's so juicy. The reveal, like the Jane Foster reveal with a repaired Mjolnir, just I was like, 
like i saw that trailer i instantly went to i went to my marvel unlimited and i put jason aaron's run as to my to read list i'm like i am ready to dive headfirst into this into this it's it's, amazing ride it's really interesting because like uh all new marvel or marvel new whatever it was when when falcon became cap and and jay marvel now marvel now thank you um that was like a cool little era, and then it kind of like ended, and now we get like we're getting we're getting Sam back as, as Captain America, which is awesome. All new, all different Marvel. That's all what new, it all is. Different. All new, all different. Marvel um, now is before that. Yes, um, that was with the Moon Knight relaunch, but um, yeah. having the like these legacy characters like go away, uh, but like it's happening in the movies so soon, only a couple years after the stuff happened. It's insane. It's really cool. It's 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 really uh, like like jane as thor is such a is such an icon for so many young women like and like i really hope they do the cancer story it's going to be really interesting if they, they don't they, okay good uh yeah. i don't know how you would do that story without it because uh, the emotion behind that stuff is so rock solid um yeah like taika taika forever they just put they just pay, they just cop they just pasted a, a Assad ribic art, art page onto their screen it was just yeah like, we're done yeah definitely the most egregious uh, just like taking someone's work um, that we've. It ever looks seen. great. Absolutely, it is for better or worse an exact copy of that page. Yeah. Um, uh, it looks great though. It's really cool. Like no gore, which is cool. Um, let's let's just focus on on uh, uh, Jane. Yeah, she's, she's got all the buzz. Gore's probably gonna be for the second trailer, but we'll also we, we we talked about good needle drops in trailers before. Sweet Child of Mine was amazing in this trailer. I Do we it. think that has any symbolism? In the movie, does do children have anything to do with this one? Because we know that like he used the the Led Zeppelin song and it was actually in the movie last mm-hmm. one. So like, mm-hmm. does children do children have anything to play? Does Thor have a secret child? Do we think like I'm just I'm just spitballing fun? Um, do we think anything like that? I, I, I don't know. I think it was just a really good needle drop to be perfect. And also it's also it helps set the tone because you know Sweet Child of Mine is a it's a, it's a hard rock ballad. Mm-hmm. So um and and Thor at peace and that song is. I mean that maybe Thor. Like, maybe Thor is the sweet child. He's the child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. Um, yeah. This this trailer it rocked my socks off. It's I not even it. a trailer. It's like a teaser. Yeah, it's a teaser. It rocked my socks off. I'm looking forward Good. to it. I'm, ex- I'm so ready for July. Sparks, you haven't said anything for Thor yet. Oh, uh, I pretty much echo everything you guys said. Yeah. Uh, very excited for this movie. He's got his regular eye back. Okay. That's all the news. So instead of, go, instead of going to our main topic, which would be a review of the Northman, we're going to do that one last. And instead, go to our book club. I like that owl a lot. <laughs> That's a good that took me by surprise. Um, I is my turn for the book club. I have these in single issues. The trade is not out yet, but I chose Demon Days. Um, all five of the one shots for Demon Days, which were X Men, Mariko, Cursed Web, Rising Storm, and Blood Feud, all written and drawn by Peach Momoko. Um, so what do we think about this guy? Peach Momoko, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. What Ben said. Um, this is a very, very refreshing look, and not just the Marvel Universe, just but a, a different art style that we're generally used to in superhero comic books. Um, it's really cool that a creator is just allowed to do whatever they want, like with with this, and like take it in such a, a, a cool way that like I think uh, 
a lot of like Americans probably aren't used to see this kind of stuff. So um, really, really great stuff. Uh, and like incorporating the characters as I do and having the main character be Mar uh, Mariko Yoshida, who is a obscure X-Men character from the eighties that Wolverine like hooked up with. Uh, like she's not very, she's barely in any books in the modern days. So like have free reign to just retell that story from the eighties with the silver samurai, who is Ogan and all these other characters. Um, oh, she is. A okay. I, I thought she was on the first. No, see, I at first did too, but she's already in another piece of Moko story from King and Black. So it's not the first. It is, it is yeah. the silver samurai. I did not read the King and Black one, but I did read all five of these issues, and uh, it's it's the Everfrost one's very short. It's but it's okay. it's cool. Um, I like the re the reason why I wanted I specifically wanted Ryan to read it because I I like the version of Emma Frost. I thought oh, and she really has cool. a a juggernaut companion. It's like the straw hat, but he's a yeah. juggernaut. Oh, that's cool oh, stuff. It is cool. Sorry, Ben. No, um, this is the series is amazing, and I'm glad that Peach Momoko is going to continue to do more. Mm -hmm. Um, while I was I I didn't think of it while I was reading it. I just thought of it now. This reminds me a lot of Marvel um sixteen twelve, mm -hmm. whereas it's a creator and an artist being able to do whatever the heck they want whereas neil gaiman with marvel 1612 let's put the marvel universe in the early 17th century whereas in this one she was able to i like i love how logan's a wolf mm -hmm. oh he's wolverine wolverine yeah no because that that's the animal he is he's a wolverine oh, i love how logan's the wolverine <clears throat> i love how I, I just love that i love um, I love how Black Widow is is a spy, but she's also a maid, and she felt and she like became a caretaker for Mariko. And I just and I love the Hulks, like where we see where we see Psylocke in the first in the first book, and then we see Psy. which is the Red Hulk, and then we see the Hulkling Bruce Banner in like book four, like book four, book five. Mm -hmm. it's like that is such a unique way to do it and i, I like jubilee is like the shaman that the, i love everything how peach moko like she twists it but it's a way that you still it's still recognizable but it's her own thing and it's still the, made, like, that's true to like x character or whatever the venom snake is really cool oh god that mm -hmm. was so cool that was great i was Heroes. like yeah that's neat. that's neat i like that a lot sparks yeah, I thought uh, it feels redundant to say that the art is really good, but the art is really good. Um, yeah. And there are times where it's like Ghibli-esque with how it handles characters and things like that. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's just a nice different take. And it doesn't feel like it's doing the thing where like it's nudging you with its nods to who characters are, that kind of thing, where it's like mm -hmm. a wink, wink, haha, you know, you know what I'm doing. It's just naturally telling a different version of, of a story for these characters. I think that's really good. Yeah. Uh, since uh, I love I love reading, but since like reading uh, uh, the current X Men and they always have data pages, anytime there's supplemental material with a bunch of words, I'm gonna read the shit out of it. Uh, so all this stuff is cool. The uh, the Jubilee uh, Curse Master. She's a she's a she mixes like magic and medicine. I found mm. this really fascinating because basically they were Jedi. Um, so uh, Shugendo adherents called a Yamabushi were part priest, part mystic. They lived apart from society and freely wandered the mountains of Japan where they were considered the abode of Kami. Ordinary people were in awe of them. When help was needed, they would descend from the mountaintops to perform complex rituals of abjugation. So they're Jedi. They were Jedi. <laughs> I'm like, that's hella cool. Um, oh, my favorite twist was Thor and Storm. Oh, that was so cool. 
Yeah. Oh man, what a cool interpretation of like little little storm, big Thor. And we're it, not we're not Oni, we're not yokai, we're, we're gods. gods. What a what a page, what a splash. And it was their yeah. actual, the actual like reading the act the Japanese god, like the actual um Raijin and Jujin. Fujin. Fujin. Fujin who yeah. is in Mortal Kombat, who you guys met. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing Raijin and Fujin adds reading those um bits about him, it's like, man. That is so cool, and also seeing like the little, the little tell at the end of the third issue where we meet them when they're walking to Mariko, and you see the statue of um, Raijin's statue. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we're going that direction. Good. Ah, here it is. Uh, I'm pulling up the. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, the what, page. A page. what a page! What a page! What a page! Yeah, like you, he's um, Thor still has his hammer, which, I mean, that's awesome, but. <laughs> One of my. That's one so of my cool. favorite pages is the um, one of Mariko and her mother. Yes, right. One? You pulled. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's um, there's. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I also like the interpretation of um, Spider Gwen. Oh, I thought that was Silk. Oh, could be. It could be. I wasn't sure if it was Spider Woman or or Spider Gwen. It was definitely a Spider Lady. I thought that the sure. color pattern made me think it was Spider Gwen because it's the purples and the whites. Mm, yeah, actually, point. yeah, it was good. I thought it was. I thought it was just a, like a spider person. Okay, but that works because there was because there was nothing in her name that conveyed that she was, uh, that she was uh, uh, Silk Moon? or anything like that. Um, so I, I or or Gwen. So I was. I just went off the coloring of the character. Um, yeah. She gives I, the spider a little fist bump. Oh, that is yes. so cute. I love that. Uh, Saber tooth uh, and, and she's got fantastic. the. I was just gonna say she's got the motivation that's like um, what happened to Peter Parker in a sense because it's like you know she's motivated by like you killed my family. That's very very Spider Gwen Peter Parker like someone I love died. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I tracked that. I thought that was Spider Gwen. Okay. Yeah. There's a moment uh, where she has to like vomit up a key. And for some reason, it's like the art really sells me on that. On that uh, the 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 panel before that, where she's doing like the the breath, uh, that's the like most Ghibli esque art to me, where like the eyes yeah. like bulge up. Yeah. Um, uh, like there's yeah. that like like when the, when they turn into like the fight the fight action scenes, like and their eyes get exaggerated. Uh, I just I I adore this art I'd, so much. I'd show you I'd show you the one I'm talking about, but I can't because it's on <laughs> my the phone. phone. <laughs> that's good. Um. I really like the first issue. I'm sad that we. I'm kind of sad that we didn't continue in the feudal Japan era, um, because I really liked the aesthetic of the first issue, and 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 I, I liked Psylocke. I liked that, that revision of that character a lot. Yeah, I yeah. thought I, I thought that was really cool. Psy, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. you know, I really like the direction the story took. Anyway, yeah, I forgot uh, uh, when that it went when into Saber, modern rap. When Sabretooth and Mystique both show up, just Sabretooth like translates so quickly so well when she slashes his eyes i like yeah that. Mm-hmm. oh and it's like a little bit little eye pops out yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah the, uh, i mean just to reiterate this this art is, is great i can't wait for the four issue mini um the reveal of her sister of of ogan is actually her sister that's, that's really a nice good. that's a nice change because i didn't expect that because like i do a silver samurai um but like making making her like actually part of the family i was like oh that's a good little twist to make it a little more ooh yeah yeah the the whole story of the um of their parents the two yokai parents um be the the way the way she told it which i think it was in this issue 
uh, yeah, uh, this kind of like it, 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 it's still her style, but it, it kind of gets a bit more stylized, a bit more like it's a painting on um, like a, like a divider. You see, like those dividers. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I mean, I don't know the proper name for them in Japan, um, but I, I, I think that's all really well stylized, especially like when she's taking her husband's head and you just kind of see her transform from the top to the bottom and th it, that conveys motion it's not paneling it's just a really well designed scene yeah right i i am so i buy so many of her covers now uh and now that i've moved and i put them all away i'm like man why do i have all these covers but she just <laughs> specifically like her ghostwriter one that she did recently for the new ghostwriter series it's just like phenomenal i'm like i didn't even know you can make ghostwriter look pretty like it's just such a pretty ghostwriter <laughs> Um, just such a unique look um, that just like you immediately know that it's Peach Momoko. Um, I, I'm I'm so excited for more. Once once the book ended, I was like, oh, there's a coming back in the summer, and I'm like, thank God. Yeah, I um, she's also doing a story in the Electra Blood White and Red or Blood White oh. and Black uh, for Demon Days. It's gonna be collected in the trade. So, Ooh, Marvel um, yeah, the the fight between Ogan and uh, Mariko, really good. I love every every time she does the um, she puts the the armor on the jaw see, armor, and you see her mother behind her as a as a JoJo yeah. stand. Yeah, 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 good stuff. I like this book quite a bit. Yeah, good good time. Um, is that everything? Does anybody have anything else you want to add? This is a negative. Like, it's a relatively simple book. Like I think like the art does a lot, a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, it it's not not like it's a badly written. It's just like it's yeah. it's kind of like nice and swift. It's like a nice swift, nice it, journey. I I do enjoy how of an easy read it was. Yeah, easy I, read. I mean, yeah, yeah. This, it was really easy for me to get through it. Not to say that a five issue miniseries isn't easy, but but I enjoyed how I did enjoy the simplicity of it. I was a little bummed that we only were in feudal Japan for one issue, which got me mm -hmm. thinking: is this an anthology? But the more I read mm -hmm. into Mariko's story, the more I was engaged, the more I wanted to see how it ended. And it was it turned out to be a fantastic read. And I would highly recommend other people getting once this is does get collected in their trades, I would highly recommend is like, yo, you should if you want something different from Marvel, but something with a little anime flair, go there. Yeah, uh, Ben, uh, it's only like five pages, but check out King and Black number four on Marvel Unlimited. And mm -hmm. it's it's like a five page little like Psylocke versus Emma Frost story. OK. Cool. I thought that was going to be far more important. Than no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 a it's a beautiful little thing, but it's just like a little here's a little nugget. Because like like Frost at the end was just like, oh, I'll I'll remember this for next time. She's more formidable. So I expected to have the next time show up in this book, but like never does. That's why, yeah. I I was like, oh, so this is an Ogin. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I guess I'll do it. Uh, Sparks, right? Sparks is book club next week, right? Yep. I don't know what I'm like doing. It. Okay. We got time. Uh, so we'll let you know a little bit later. That's time to, time to hit the hay. Time to get I, out of here. I guess that means you're out, Sparks, because we got to do Northman now. All right. Have you a good right. time, guys. The Southman. Goodbye, friend. Good night, buddy. Bye. Appreciate you. See the Northman in theaters. Okay. So let's move in. To the the Northman, I must have the Thornin. Um, the Northman, uh, directed by Robert Eggers. Full spoilers for this movie. If you're not seen this movie yet, uh, you know, do your thing. Um, not quite as important as everything, everywhere, all at once, but uh, still, if you're spoiler av av averted. So, what do we think about this? 
I will go first. I really, really, it's like, I really, really liked this movie. I had an absolute blast with it. I don't say, I'm not going to say I absolutely loved it because mm-hmm. there are things that kind of got me, eh. but on a whole, this movie was fantastic and I really enjoyed watching it. I mm-hmm. agree a hundred percent. I, I won't say that I loved it, but I, but I, I definitely really, really liked it. Uh, hopefully during this discussion, I can figure out like where I totally land on it, but I'm mm-hmm. very positive. Um, Man, Alexander Skarsgård is so jacked in this movie. It's insane. His his traps have traps on traps. He looks like he looks like like a hunchback almost at times. It's yeah. He's very, kind of like when he's the slave. He's kind of like hunching over. He's I, very, I do like his uh, change in demeanor when he's the slave. I mean, outside when he was the beastman, or I mean, he was a kid. But when he's like when he is questing and when he's murdering. And then he changes. It's kind of like the Clark Kent effect, whereas you stay hunched and you try to keep your head down. But when he's, you know, on the prowl and like kicking ass and taking amps, his demeanor completely changes. His body the language completely changes. Clark Kent. Yeah. Uh, pull up Grayson's comment. <laughs> no. Um, Grayson, you should always be questioning your, your masculinity if you are questioning, if you are worried about questioning your masculinity. Don't know how to tell <laughs> if you. If you're buddy. questioning it, you're being you're being questioned. <laughs> um, okay. I really like this one. I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I think Robert Eggers is great anyway, but like there, there's some gorgeous shots of like Iceland scenery in this, in this movie. It's the type of thing where like we watch so many special effects movies that use special effects to convey the things that just are alive in our world. And like you watch this movie and they're just like, there's specifically a montage of when of when the slaves are being transported across Iceland, and there's a bunch of different types of scenarios or like environments, and it's like that's all real. That's yeah. all real. That's insane. The world is so beautiful, and like we really don't get to see it that often because yeah. we're stuck in concrete jungles. Uh, we, gorgeous movie, insanely beautiful. We forget how beautiful places like Iceland are, and this and films like this remind us is like, yo, this is this is what the environment is like over there. Yeah. Yeah, um, the uh, Ethan Hawke is great. Um, if I really like his, his five minutes. He's like he's, yeah. he's really good. I, I he, his, his 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 line of like, I'd rather I I, I want to go out by the sword not as a coward graybeard. Because uh, you were seen in 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 that culture, if you mm-hmm. got gray in your beard, that means you're a coward because you were never in a battle. Yeah, because you got too old. You lived too yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, that was. I loved. Okay, so I want to talk about one of the things that I really loved about this movie, and I was talking to a friend, to um, one of our viewers, Amy, because um, we were talking about about this movie. She was kind of on the fence about it, but one of the things I loved, and that she also agrees was really good, was how they kept the mysticism in this film, and it wasn't like over bombastic, like straight magic mysticism, but it was kind of like it makes sense but you still have that sense of magic in the air like a good scene is like when um anya taylor joy's character i can't remember her name olga thank olga. you when olga is chanting in her mother tongue and she asks the, the wind to take her and her baby's home and the winds and the sails full awesome. or one of my favorite bits of the movie is when people are trying to draw the sword but they can't because it's daylight um they also really like the Speaking to that point, the the fight scene with the with the zombie, the zombie oh. king. Fanny keeps calling it a, an Elden Ring boss fight. What's um? I, I think it also I, felt Elden Ring. I think the 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 term 
this is just going by God of War, uh, is Draugr. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Draugr. Skyrim is the same way, yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, like, uh, that was really cool. But when it ends and he puts his face up his butt, um, he it, co- it goes back and nothing had happened. So I, I, but, you like, it's kind of left up like, okay, well, did something happen? Or is this, is this part of the spell that, that just kind yeah. of reverts after you? That 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 zombie king or scene is well so well shot because it's a it's like a one shot of of he he beats the king and then it like it goes back to the origin where he's standing in front of the king. It is like yeah. an overhead thing and it's like man, it's like it's so well done and it's like yeah, was it all in his brain? Was it yeah, like real? It, like love it. That's what I was saying. That's part of the mysticism that I love about this. And even when we get a quick shot of Odin. Yeah, Odin is he's, when, he's in, when he's in the background with the crows. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for a split second, it's like I, that's why I really enjoy about this movie. It's like it doesn't go like hardcore magic, but it also also doesn't go like s- direct realism as well. It's like so yeah, it plays the middle ground so well that it's like it can be magic or it can be amazing coincidence. We don't know. I watched an interview with the director Robert Eggers, and uh, he said, "So I believe him. This is the most historically accurate Viking movie ever made." He went to Sweden and Denmark and Iceland, and he talked to, to scholars and historians, and he went to all these places in real life. And he, because uh, growing up, he was very anti-Viking because in modern culture, white supremacists have taken on Viking culture and mm-hmm. like their slogans and the runes and stuff. So he was very anti-masculine, anti-Viking. And then he went there, and he 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 learned about it and the lore and the culture and the the, the, the mysticism and all that. And he's like. God, this is so fascinating. There's one per- one group shouldn't own this. This is bullshit. So he made this movie. So everything you see in this movie is as accurate as it could possibly be, including all the all the uh, clothing, every like structure that they made, all the weapons. Like it's all real deal shit. So like they all that mystery the... stuff is like what they really did and believed. I really appreciate that they use the old Norse uh, translations for all the like Valhall instead of Valhalla. Yeah, uh, hell, yeah, yeah. Uh, Odin, um, Valkyr instead of Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really appreciate that they that they going back to that what you're talking about the historically accurate thing like really just like this is how they would have said it in their in their language at this time. Yeah. I I I knew I was gonna real quick Ben I like I I knew I was gonna like this movie like Robert Eggers is like he's a dude who makes good shit but like early in the movie when uh, when uh, Amleth is he's he's doing the beast stuff with the guys by the fire and they're just dancing and then they turn into beasts. And they're all howling. And yeah. it's still just like one shot. It's like a five minute scene. I'm just like, oh, this is the good shit. <laughs> this is getting getting a view into into history. Like obviously, like this happened in this happened in 895 or whatever. This is a real long time ago. I'm never gonna experience that, see that, know what it's like. This is as close I can get to like what it was like. And I'm like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm like seeing I'm seeing how it used to be, and I'm like the world's weird now. We used to be beast men. Like you see, <laughs> or you see the scene with Ethan ha- or with the king and um, Amleth, his son, when they're doing the beast thing as well uh-huh. with the with the with William Defoe's character, the court jester. Mm-hmm. And there, it's like there are times where I'm watching this. I'm like, this is some weird stuff. But at the same time, it's like, but this is probably what they did back then. This is probably this is what the, their rituals were about. And it's like. And it's weird. It looks odd, but that's what they did. So, like, they believe well, that, like, like they're like there's animals inside of them. Like, like it's part of them. And they, they interestingly, they didn't punish emotion. This is kind of something that I that I that I stumbled on before this movie. Um, that they that Vikings were like totally fine with crying. 
which in our culture is, is to, even today is seen as like a uh, an emasculate thing. But like they, mm-hmm. there's a bit where Defoe. Uh, takes the takes his tear like takes his tear and is like this is the only tear you will shed this is the, the last, last the last tear the last tear you will shed and the next time you t- you cry is when you've taken vengeance on uh what or whatever you have to earn your tears you have to earn your tears yeah. uh that's a really good scene yeah it's like this is the last tear you will make in weakness oh in weakness that's it that's yeah. it yes that's yeah. good stuff good stuff then you see uh uh but- Ameth goes to like a shaman underground and then he gets Willem Dafoe's zombie head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good. All the, man, like all the stuff with that guy like chanting. Okay, so throat chanting is back, y'all. We got it in Dune. Now it's back in the Northman. I love me some like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love hearing it. Uh, so much of it. Um, I, Nicole Kidman is so good in this movie. Um, she gives a speech. She kisses her son. Get, well hey man hamlet is a thing this is based off spo- spoilers the viking sagas it's what hamlet is based off of so yeah. hamlet's told so from that and that's in the lion king became that uh it's it's moms kiss people it's gross it's <laughs> yeah gross. this is this is the story this interestingly this is the story that shakespeare based that made hamlet off of and i thought that was really interesting when i learned when i learned that because like you don't think of you always think of of Hamlet being of like Shakespeare being the inspiration. You never think of what inspired him. Yeah, um, right. it's kind of uh, it's a little little similar to when John Carter came out and everyone said it was a Star Wars ripoff. When John Carter was what influenced Star Wars? It. Yeah, uh, and what I love is like, um, like I don't. I'm pretty sure like like most of, most of the people in this in this movie are fake. But there's there's references to real shit happening. So like, uh, Fjolnir, the the evil uncle. He got his ass kicked by King Herod, who's king of the Vikings and king of the Danish. So it's cool that like real world stuff was happening yeah. while this guy got his ass kicked. So like this whole story of revenge, it's like a side story of a guy who lost. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of like when you look at it, it's just it's all sad. It's all just revenge begets revenge. It's all sad, mm-hmm. and the ending is sad, but it's so good. Like Vikings. Fjolnir, Fjolnir the Brotherless. The yeah, Brotherless, yeah. Fjolnir was king of Norway. And then another king just came in and kicked him out. That's why he fled to Iceland. King Herod. Yep. He's like, became a, became a sheep, became a sheep farmer. He did. Yeah. Um, the, the volcano fight scene. Awesome. Oh yeah. That was, bro. That was so good. (laughs) Naked volcano fights are great. If I have one, now this is the dumbest of nitpicks, but if I had one tiny, 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 tiny little nitpick, like when they say, I will meet you at the gates of hell and they go to the volcano. It's like, yeah, that's definitely not hell, or that's not their hell. It's the mouth that's... of hell. What do you mean? What do you mean it's not their hell? Because isn't it in Viking and Norse mythology, their hell is bitter cold. It's freeze. It's frozen. It's literally frozen. I don't over. think they literally. You're right. Hell, it's true, but like I think the gates of hell is that volcano. Right. I think yeah. that I think that like it's it's both like like we're going to hell together to die but also we need to meet in a place that's like hell which is yeah but when i see a volcano it's like hey we're going to the gates of hell and i see fire and brimstone it's like yeah but that's not the viking hell you know what i'll allow it yeah yeah yeah. i'll allow it because because you you are right yeah that the realm of hell is ice cold and it's and Mm -hmm. that's rare in the in that um so yeah you know what good point actually gates of hell might be different yeah, the, the, there's also that. I'll just say mm-hmm. I trust the guy who made the most historically accurate Viking movie to know what he's doing. Oh no! no. I'm, yeah. I'm just, once again, this is not me saying that this is ruining the movie. This is yeah. just me being very, very nitpicky because no, when I was watching that, uh, 
sorry, Brandon, I'm going to put you on the spotlight here because I remember from Mythalanius when you and Sparks were talking oh, about, yeah. about God of War. And of, course, and of course, when we were playing God of War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, That's a cool concept, is, by the way. Of mm-hmm. course, that was the tiniest little nitpick I have, but that volcano scene is probably my favorite scene in the whole film just because of how well it's shot. You can see Fjolnir in the smoke, which is oh, just so barely. It shows up naked. <laughs> you know what? Maybe because it's instant death. At a volcano, yeah, it'll go to hell. Instant get, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the the um, mushroom scene, about... real oh, quick. Yeah. I, the mushroom scene, I love. Also, the guy who gets his nose cut off and he's like a side character the whole movie. Love that guy. Piece of shit the whole way through. He gets what he deserves. But that mushroom scene is so good and it's so scary because the second the guy starts doing this, you know what's happening, and then you oh, hear yeah. the screams along the entire beach, and you see mm-hmm. everyone just killing themselves. And I'm like, man, this is wild. I love it. Um, I kind of, I was. If there was one thing I was, I was hoping like um, Fjolnir's oldest son mm-hmm. had a bit more of a fight with um, um, what what's the kid's what's the main character's name? Omleth. Omleth, yeah. I was hoping there would be more Hamlet. of a fight. Yeah, Viking <laughs> Hamlet. I was hoping there would be more of a fight because like when he first met him, like you know, Omleth is enslaved, and then I just love how he goes over and like punches him on the side and doesn't do jack shit, and I'm like, well, because see, I I. I see what you mean, but I actually think it's better that he didn't go out like, like he did not go out uh, honorably. That's the whole point. He didn't go out fighting. He went out. He went. Out, he died in his sleep, and it got his heart taken out. He died like the worst possible way he could. Like that's that's the reason he did that. I didn't even notice that Fjolnir had his hand in his son's chest oh, until he, he took it out. Like yeah. because like because he like that was an instinct. He was like, gotta see if the heart's there. It's not. Because he can't, he can't go to Valhalla without it. It's where his soul is. Yeah, um, I thought that. And then, and then, uh, uh, um, he shows up with the like. Do you want the heart back? He starts fighting with the heart in his back. Oh my god, dude! He he gives. He's like the the most intense scream. Like, I am Amit. I will kill you. And he's just like, ah! He's like, he's about to Hulk out of his own body. Uh, yeah. He's so ripped. It's like I feel like. Drink some water, <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. And he fights. And he, he like fights them with the sheath on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And then you brought up earlier how they can't unsheath it during the day. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a good catch. I, I love because like twice, um, like when Amleth gets his sword, or like he's there, he sees it, he sees a chance. Oh shit! He runs away. And then when um No No's dude, he can't draw the sword, so he's like, it, and he just tosses and he just chucks it. His death is gnarly. Oh yeah, definitely. We didn't have a big crowd, but I was sitting next to uh uh Sparks's mom and Megan, his <laughs> partner, uh, and the slow blade through the nose, the entire audience of like eight people went, oh! <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's really very good, vis- though. Very visceral, yeah. Um, it a, yeah. It definitely <laughs> shows the brutality of that age, too. Like, when when uh, the Beastmen take over that village, and they round and like they round up a bunch of the, of the villagers and the kids and they toss and they them into burn the, the kids and they burn up because that age well that age in human history was unrelentingly brutal well you see like like that's also what kind of puts the the main character on the um on the path to going to remembering like this is what his thing because he sees the kid run away like he did yep mm-hmm. he sees essentially him and then he gets captured and put in the and he already seems to have some some like he's like i don't kill women looks like he's a he's a bad guy but he has some reservations yeah yeah uh Uh, was it anya taylor joy like 
has her period. Just <laughs> like rubs it on his face. Oh my face. god! Yeah, because like because uh, Fjolnir wants to like give her some, and she's like, "Not this time, big boy." It's <laughs> <And laughs> like, really gross. Yeah, it's really good. And even um, her lines like, "Oh, I see you're not afraid of a woman's blood anymore." It's like, "Oh, burn." Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah. We didn't oh, really yeah. go too much into her. No, we did not. Um, but yeah, she's the, the the brilliant thing. I begged Fjolnir to kill your father. So I, it's probably me just not picking up on cues early on in the movie because I love. To me, it was a twist of when she revealed to Amleth that she was the one who orchestrate who helped orchestrate his father's death. Oh and who no! To orchestrate it is one hundred percent. It is one hundred percent a twist. I didn't see it coming. Yeah, okay. it's I. So I I didn't see it coming. I thought it was going to be. Two things. First, I thought it was going to be after 20 years, Fjolnir was actually going to end up being a good person. So yeah. he was going to have conflict. That's not the problem. He's still a bad guy. Second, I thought it was going to be that Nicole Kidman just over time learned to love him. And it wasn't that she was evil. But no, she was bad from the get-go. She's the instigator. She needs to get punished. And she yeah. wanted to kill... She was hoping they would kill her son. Yeah. yeah. It's like, they and were it, supposed to get you too. And it it is a great speech because like, we only saw the good of Ethan, Ethan Hawke's character. He, yeah. for all we know, was a bad king, a bad guy, all that stuff. Like, did not like his wife. Made made her have a child. So, she like, shows her her slave mark. Yeah, that she was a slave herself. She was, a slave. That yeah. she was taken from um her Brit- uh, Brit- from, Brittany. Yeah, she was taken from the land of Brittany, which is Britain, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah uh, so it's there you go. Devious, devious, and it's just like shows that like oh, devious people just they meet up and then they cause and, bad shit. I mean, you you feel bad because I mean, yeah, like for Amleth, he is this kind of character that you want to see succeed and win, but at the same time, you know he's also he's not the the best person because he was part of the Beastman tribe. He was he would do raids on villages and help in the in the slaughter of their people, but then you see that his whole life was essentially everything he was fighting for up to that point. Like he wanted to save his mother, and when he finally gets the chance, he's like, "Mom, let's go." She's like, "No." I, was the, I wanted this. I wanted you dead. Gunner, she, I, I gave I gave birth to Gunner free of my of my that's my son. This yeah, little kid, not you. Just that. What and was that, the what did Bjork say to him? Like you'll have to choose to you know, choose your kin or choose like your love or revenge, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like when I that, choose both. <laughs> when that no, you chose revenge. Um <laughs> like he he's like deluding himself to think that no, this is the right thing, but like if he had just left, Fionnir wouldn't have come after him. No. No, he would have there was like, there's no way Fjolnir was gonna leave Iceland. He was just gonna big if he could just like biggie bounce back to Norway. He's like, yeah, you're fine. But and, and like the 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 thing of like, he you know he's going to his death once he leaves that boat. Like he says oh, like yeah. I'll come back, I'll find you. But like no, no. he's he's chosen the path that will kill him, and he chose wrong. Because yeah, and that kind of becomes a tra- a tragedy in a way. Because again, and, Fjolnir is not a king anymore. He's a sheep. He's a sheep shepherd. He's a shepherd. He's a yeah. chief. Like he well, wants to chieftain. He yeah, isn't leave you alone. Leader. He's just a chieftain. He has no grand army. He has no host. He has a, maybe like a handful of fighters. And the he's best got a dozen one, men. Yeah, the best one among them was Amleth because he saved their son during that um, during that field Very violent game. Yeah, yeah that oh my was... god, yeah. yeah. When the, guy... the guy was about to smack the ball into the kid, that Dude, was gonna like, kill him. Your chief is right there. What are you doing, bro? Right. Uh, he just loved violence. Um, yeah. I love the the showing of the family tree. 
It's like the branches of, of, of like the tree and you actually see like the people on it. Like you're like looking at like, you know, like a map of a family tree. Uh, and I love the end where like he sees like his two unborn children. He's like, I'm going to have twins. You have to live. I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm getting cigarettes. Yeah. Was it, doesn't Ethan Hawke take off a shirt and like his, his like stomach becomes the tree and like we see the tree. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Through him. That's pretty good. That's good. Oh yeah, like and that the in the beginning of the movie when you see his wound and it's like yeah. it's just like gooey, like oh ew. yeah. Or there's a bit where the where the guy gets so cut up and he and he runs through the door and he's like with his guts hanging out. Oh yeah, pretty good. Uh, uh, body parts get turned to like a horse or something. Yeah, like some like she like uh, uh like an eight like a horse or something. Yeah. Wild. And you see um that one dude just get flayed, literally flayed, and then the the sacrifice goes free. Um, intestine goes. The down. scene with the Val- with the Valkyrie was pretty cool, mm-hmm. where he thinks he's going to Val- to Val- to Valhul, aka Valhalla, but then he wakes up in the hot spring, and then when you actually do see him riding with the with the Valkyrie into the gates of of Valhalla, I was like, I mean, it's it's like he did get his revenge, and he's going to Valhalla, but he's missing time with his, with his with his. I'm just gonna call her his wife, wife and unborn children. Yeah, but um, it is. This is a tragedy. It's it's a tragic story, but it's not one that makes me sad. Like, oh, I'm so sad. But it's like, it it was a good ending. I would say it yeah. was a great ending. Uh, the Valkyrie have. Uh, it looks like they have braces. It's not. Yeah. They they file they file their teeth and they put stuff in their teeth to make them look like they're bad already. Interesting. So it's basically um, it's basically battle braces for Viking warriors. <laughs> Oh, because Fanny was asking about that. She's like, she's yeah. wearing braces. I'm like, battle braces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, like, they just file their teeth in, and they, they like put cut in holes film. basically in their teeth and shove shit in there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Why? No, thank you. Yeah. No, um, thank you. Uh, ben, I believe, I believe, no matter who you are, if you die in battle, you go to Valhalla. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's um, what it was. I mean, so like. So, so if, if you don't die in battle, you go to hell, which is yeah. a crazy system. If you die in battle, you go to you go to basically heaven. If you just die, well, you go to hell. I was, um, yeah, you, I remember that episode of a Mythalinius, or I remember your episode of Mythalinius too, because that is a creep. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the things I love about or Ethan Hawke's character, the king. He said he can't be a shame a shameful graybeard because he's like I have to die in battle. Whereas. I, now that I look back on it, it's like maybe there is some dissent with the queen because her husband, husband at the time, is like, oh, I just need to go out conquest and just die. I have a kid. I have. Well, a yeah, queen, you, we look at it. We and look die. at it from two different perspectives, right? Because because it looks like from the audience that Ethan Hawke comes back and he's so excited to see his wife. And he's so excited to see his kid. He's so happy to be home. But the way Nicole Kidman spins it is that he was he, was, he couldn't wait to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, what, whatever story is true, but like Nicole Kidman's, well, I mean, that's the, that's what killer dad, that's, what's great about the story is that they could both be right. Amrith right, could exactly. see the perfect vision of his father while he is also really terrible to his mother. Those can yeah. both exist. That's what's so cool about stories mm-hmm. like this, where we can get blindsided by Nicole Kidman saying he's not the perfect person you thought he was. Like, isn't that like all of growing up, like realizing like people aren't he always who they think they are? Like, yeah. uh, I thought that was really, yeah. really well done. And, and like, he yeah. kills, he kills both of them on accident. <sighs> How do you kill two people accidentally? That's crazy, yeah. guy. <laughs> that that actually was that hurt. And of course, man, that guy's got some willpower for getting stabbed that many times by his half younger brother. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, right in the shoulder a bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's oh, a and, too. That's even worse. When, but um, Brandon, you're also you're 100 right. Doesn't matter who you are. 
You die in battle, you go to Valhalla. You die of old age, you go downstairs. Brian, what were you gonna say? Um, when when Fjolnir, um, after the massacre of the family happens, and he just walks in, he sheathes his sword. Yeah, because he's like, "This is too much. Meet me in hell, my guy." Fisticuffs, <laughs> naked yeah. fisticuffs, and I'm like, "Oh man," because I was just expecting like, because I forgot there was a volcano fight. Uh, so I was just like, is he just going to like fight over the corpses of his family? And he's like, no, we're going to settle this at the gates of hell. And I'm like, yeah, there's a final title card, the gates of hell with one L. And it's what's, right. what's the, um, oh, oh, a lot of, a lot of horse decapitation happening in this. Yes. And yeah. Just like, um, you know, we're watching Moon Knight, uh, very different, but similar. You take your f- pets and friends and, and shit with you when you die and stuff like you, that horse is gonna is gonna help you yeah, like that horse was, yeah apparently according to the priestess that horse was the killing the horse meant the horse's spirit was able to take the the son's body to Valhalla. Wasted hey, a good horse if you ask me. Yeah. True. Um yeah I I, I think this movie's really good. I don't necessarily know if I have much more to add though. Yeah I, I think I, it's I don't um the only time where I get a little iffy is like the the crazy the like the mushroom scene well not the okay when i say mushroom scene i don't mean like the mushroom scene where everyone's dying and killing themselves i mean the scene in the a few scenes at the very beginning of the movie where they're doing the crazy rites like the basement stuff and uh, oh yeah okay sure and um all that just like huh sort of thing but then when we get to actual st- and also there are times where it was really hard to understand what some of these people were saying be it just their accents or the sure, way yeah. the words are pronounced, which I completely understand. It's a different dialect. It's a, this is, Nor- these are, these are old Norse languages. They're very hard to understand. But other, other than that, am- acting, the acting was amazing. Well, I don't have a lot of nitpicks other than, you know, the whole thing, but that's just besides the point. This was still a fantastic film, but I still don't know if I love it or not. And that's, yeah, I, like, the thing, I, well, the thing is like, I, it's one of those situations where like, it's pretty simple, and again, I like I don't mean to say like that's negative, but like it's it's a pretty simple revenge story that visually is, does a lot of the work for me. Uh, the mm-hmm. acting is really great, but it's mostly like the the environments and like what's happening. Um, right. the, the script itself, like because it's like it's old dialogue, like I at times sometimes I was like, could you repeat that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know what I do when I watch this film again, and I know I'm going to watch this film again. I'm definitely watching with the subtitles on. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I look at the three movies he's made, uh, The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Norseman. And I think, and again, this is not negative. I think this is my least favorite of the three, but this is still a really good movie. Like, I, um, The Lighthouse is exceptional, and The Witch is exceptional. Now, I haven't seen The Lighthouse, but I have seen The Witch. But Which I would definitely movie. rather watch this over The Witch again. Oh, well, that's because that's a spooky movie. Well, besides the fact it's a spooky movie, but also it def- this one definitely pertains to my interest because you know me, I'm a sucker for kick-ass sword fights, and there is some great sword fights. There's fight. a bit where he catches the he catches the spear and then turns yeah. around and throws it back. That's pretty Dude, that, good. That, that, that's all like one shot too of him like climbing the thing. I'm like, yeah. that good was shit. that was so badass when he catches the spear and just chucks it back. It was like, yeah, kill him. Yeah, uh, really great visuals and a lot of it again is just like practical just like hey to shoot on location you know i mean um, I know this, this is te- technically a historic this is a historically accurate scene of events because like, i thought it was like oh it's a period piece slash historical fantasy you know because like the magic shit but because i thought oh this is probably just based this is like someone a truly original film because a lot of people going into this weekend or last weekend when this movie came out they were saying that if you don't see this movie 
everything everywhere all at once and unbearable weight of massive talent mm-hmm. and you complain about hollywood not having original yeah, yeah. Ideas, you're full of shit 100 i mean this I mean, is based off right. of like the most famous story in all of, of in all of like the viking sagas like yeah. it is it is like they're like but not their bible but like it's, it's like it is well known like but it's like not on the same level of what of like what has dominated blockbuster cinema oh no not at mm-hmm. all yeah yeah this is um, this is this is still qual- this qualifies in that conversation. Oh no, yeah, not yeah. It is original. It is original. Um, yeah. I am the opposite of Ben. I've only I've only seen the lighthouse. I've not seen the witch. Um, the so this is the this. Um, I think I probably would prefer the lighthouse. To this one. Yeah, I just think like, I don't think I have to see it again. I don't think the pacing is bad in this. I just think there are definitely moments of of. I think I have to see it again to really to really cement that like the pacing isn't yeah. perfect but I, yeah. I don't really have any problems with it but like, again like yeah. just, it's, a, it's a good good solid revenge movie yeah, very great. solid film yeah i'm a writer right now i'm gonna give it an 8.5 8.5 ben i'm giving it a 9.5 9.5 damn Hello. i mean once again i know i don't i keep saying i don't love it but the more i think about it the more it's like, like it. but it's like this is to me this movie was just so good this mm-hmm. was i mean i know i've said oh man i love this movie i give it an eight but for me just like Everything this movie's done, like costumes, the lighting, the acting, the directing, everything about this, like the fantastical elements, the like you were saying, this is the most historically accurate Viking film ever made. And I, real quick, I want to talk about the magic because you said like, could this be real or not? Nothing happens in this movie. No magic happens in this movie. When she does the wind thing, the wind mm-hmm. just happens to like that's all coincidence. Like all the all like all the curse stuff, that's mm-hmm. just people killing people. So like all that stuff is like they could all believe in it, but like in this movie, it shows that like it's not actually real. It's just what they believe, and I think that's but also, also really cool. But it's also good. keeps it, but also keeps it a little ambiguous, so that it mm-hmm. could be. Yeah, could that's be. what that's why I was saying. It takes some of the mysticism, but it doesn't like over extrapolate. Like yeah, like you were saying, like like that part is like it could be magic or it could just be a great coincidence when she does the the wind. But my whole thing is the sword, mm-hmm. the sword that cannot be drawn during the daytime because that is that is. That is one, yeah. That is the biggest outlier. Like, there could be magic. There could be some extra. Here's a, here's a combination lock on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two, two, five. Uh, so that sword that he wields is is a real sword that is like in some museum somewhere. It is like it is a lost. It is like the lost like Viking sword. It's basically their Excalibur, like for real. Yeah. Uh, and it's got like the runes like written on it. Um, Forged in Fire, which is a blacksmithing show that I've started to watch. They recreated. Uh, they recreated what uh, uh one of those on the show. So it's like. Viking sword's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I I would rate it an eight point five, just like Ryan. Hell yeah, great movie. Great. Yeah, really enjoyed this. Glad we got to see it. Um, time for the book club. Hopefully, we we should probably try and find time to do unbearable weight of massive talent. I hope, but not when we got. Um, weekend next weekend we got we're going to a madness multiverse baby. I was gonna say Doctor Strange is happening. Next week though is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So stay tuned for that. Stay off Twitter, folks. Please. <laughs> Jesus, guys. I, I um, tweet Brandon, and I am so sorry. Uh, I got another spoiler. Was it was untagged? Tag yeah. your spoilers, people. Tag them. Be good. Oh, is there a, is that a suction cup? Like he can just hang from the ceiling. Yep, that's good. That's da, right. Da, 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 da. All right. Uh, so, of course, check out some of our other shows, guys. Thank you for watching. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel. Um, there's uh, season two of conversation is still coming along. 
Um, I've had a couple of things happen in my life that uh, has derailed me, but it, it should be getting up a back up again. Um, check out some of our other shows on YouTube again. Subscribe to this channel. You can check out all sorts of all sorts of things, such as our Fake Nerds Watch series. Our Fake Nerds Watch series uh, has just recorded new episodes for Star Trek Strange. Nope, Star Trek Picard um, and Moon Knight, uh, both of which uh, will be available this week, and both of which have new episodes out now. Um, so check check those out. Uh, there's all sorts of other other things. You want to catch up to Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness? We got a Wandavision. We got a WandaVision Fakers Watch. You can check that out if you want. That Space Cat. It is Space Cat. Um, we also have Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, Animation Station, and Fakner Book Club. Or other shows that you can find on this channel. Um, you know, masks. Still got masks. I don't know how long. I keep forgetting to take this thing out. But they're still <laughs> available. <laughs> if you want them. <laughs> Might find something else to do with that fabric. Um patreon uh we have a patreon you can uh, subscribe to various tiers on our patreon if you'd like to support us financially as well as check out our t public both of which are linked below a lot of cool shirts up on t public or you can find all these websites on our website find all these links on our website um at victorpodcast.com um thank you to everyone who listens thank you to everyone who watches the rewind and thank you to everyone who watched the live show tonight we greatly appreciate all of you um thank you to jeremy Velucci, who is your new roommate ryan Yes, he's, he's he's in that room over there. That room? That room over there. Wow. Um you can find him at Jeremy Volucci Keyboards. He, he did all the he did all of our theme music that you've heard tonight, all the theme music for all of our shows. Um you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, on iTunes, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Mike Patola, our good friend Mike Patola, um, who's working on a how to train your dragon piece. Ooh. I want it. Ooh. Um, we'll get you on soon, Mike. We gotta. We gotta. It's been we're too fast, long. We're gonna fast track that one. It's, yeah. I feel like uh, Rose the Titanic or the beginning of Titanic. It's been eighty four years. Eighty four years. Uh, you can find him on TikTok, uh, where he where he is very funny. And uh, <laughs> so I just remembered the one where he hung himself. <laughs> um, you can find him on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, at Mike Matola. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com. Um, uh, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant, where I've written a bunch of pieces. Um, you can check out, link below. Uh, I write for Atomic Geekdom, where I do the Revisiting the Infinity of Saga series, and I edit kaijuramenmedia.com. You can find me going far from the fjords and the ice cold currents at Ben Maggot 27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and also writing for Old School Gamer Magazine at both the website and for the magazine itself, GoNintendo.com, and Fusion Gaming Magazine. Nice. Did you say your Twitch? No, I did not. So you can also find me. Thank you for that. You can also find me streaming on Twitch every Tuesday and Saturday mornings at 2 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Ben Magnet 27. Yes, I know. I know. Should, uh, I know. It's early <laughs> shit, and that's the only time really I can stream, so I'm sorry for the time being. Ryan? Hey, guys. So I'm currently a jobless, so in the meantime, I'm going to try to be a full-time streamer, and it's not going to work, but I'm going to do my best because I know who I am. Here we go, guys. 
DJ Tony Snark and DJ Tony Snark 616 YouTubes. Just type in DJ Tony Snark. I'm everywhere on the internet. Here's the schedule that I got so far. Mondays are Mass Effect. Tuesdays are Elden Ring. Wednesdays are Stanley Parable. Thursdays is Batman the Telltale Series. Friday is whatever I want because it's Freaky Friday. Uh, Saturday, I'm playing fighting games. And Sunday, I'm playing Skyrim. So if any of that sounds appealing to you, I'm going to put it on my Twitter. You can check out any of those days. Come say hello. I'm not doing much anymore. <laughs> I liked how you call it Tarnished Tuesdays. BT yeah, day. I got I got I'll take it for every day. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, hey, sometimes you hop on on my stream. I really appreciate that. Sometimes. 2 a.m. is real late. I, I know. I know. It's, it's not the greatest, but yeah. <gasps> is that my uh, friend? Alejandro Martinez. Is that my co-worker Alex at the end of the show? Hello. Is Ryan looking like a cute man? You want me to pull that up? I think that might be my co-worker. It's the end of the show, bud. Sorry. It's the end about. of the show, and we love it. Hey, that's um, good Okay, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to our channel. Until next time you see us, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs>